Last night in Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and New York City, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, go crazy, blowing up things, burning down buildings, smashing windows, looting stores, rioting again, all over again now, just a few days away from the election. What triggered it? Who knows? Why couldn't they wait? <laughs> Why couldn't they wait? What's going on? Why is the police department in Washington, D.C. under attack right now? Why are people looting? Why are people driving their cars through police lines? Twice. Twice. Yeah, crazy. Why are stores being looted? Why are people wheeling away washers and what dryers on dollies out of Walmart? How many Walmarts do we need to loot until we've reached racial equality? Tim, Ian, <laughs> these are the questions that <laughs> we're facing us seven tonight. Too. Seven. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, we just need to loot a few more Walmarts, maybe a Best Buy, if those things even exist. Circuit yeah, City? Anybody, yeah. ever heard, anybody ever heard of Circuit <laughs> City? Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe they should loot a Blockbuster, yeah. and that will like close the there's loop one, on this entire one thing. There's, there's one, one, there's one, one they, left. They're they gonna... did this really cool thing where they, did, they made a 90s-style oh, living room, and you could Airbnb it. And so there was like 90s-era snacks and like a TV. It gave me a really good idea for a business where you create – uh, different era Airbnbs. Like you, you get like a warehouse or like a multi-unit building and you got a 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s style place. And then it's like you spend a night in a place. Imagine this. You go into like the 80s room and the TV is on a, a loop, a 24-hour playlist of a bunch of different channels. You literally like see what's on MTV. Nice. You know, Could 80s. you go to like the porn channel that's blurry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should. Be, remember just, that? No. When you like <laughs> didn't, you <laughs> didn't pay for it, it was all green and red. Yeah. Like, we would have, lines. You'd have actual snacks from that from that era. Like combos. <laughs> combos. Combos. Like, combos are from the nineties. Eighties. I have five boxes of combos. Yeah, we know. He looks at them in the pantry downstairs. It looks Gushers? like it looks I, like a combos outlet store. I thought I was buying ten bags. For the party, I bought 10 cases yep. on accident. Too many. When I walked in the door here, that was the first thing. The first thing I had to see was the combos for life. Combos Castle, baby. <laughs> this well, is Combos Castle. That's what we're calling this place. Yep. I hope enough people show up to eat them all. Please. I had I had half a bag. They're Be good. Be careful He's with helping. those. They're crackers. They got, they got lots of nasty stuff it's in there. Perfect. High quality I, I, food product. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, we had Jack just do that, that opening shout out because Jack got attacked by Antifa in his own neighborhood. What? And, uh, Dude. Yeah, totally. Dude. So, so I have been doing on the street reporting, right, in the riots in D.C. end of May, throughout June, a little bit in July. Go downtown, watch and observe the looting, the arson, the vandalism, the destruction, the assaults on police officers. Well, let's we'll, let's go through it. We're gonna go through it. Yeah, yeah. I'll just do the normal intro plug, and then we'll 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 throw it right to you. All right. So uh, subscribe, the notification bell. We're oh, live. Yeah. Hit the like button. All that stuff. Jack's doing the intro because Jack's the one who got t- got to face down Antifa. <laughs> and, and I will mention too, <clears throat> we had uh, anti-fascist socialist uh, Vosh just here the other day sitting in yep. that very chair. I can tell. And and you noticed there was a water bottle there. Somebody left a pallet of water bottles here for oh, And you were like, you gave a water bottle to Antifa? That's like their, that's like their, it's, it's, it's their source of power. You it know? Like, did you get hit in the head? No, Vosh was all right. Um, we did, we did not. We, we had a, we had a long, it was like four hours. That's what I heard. But, uh, but, but anyway, so uh, I, we threw it to you to open because riots are breaking out right now. Right now. That's crazy. I mean, I, I, I just finished dinner. And you're, you you show up and you're like, and the rights are happening now. I was like, wow, dude. Yeah. Well, that's so, that's so, kind of what happened to me. So let's let's do this. So it's now the third night of the reignition of of protests, and it's and it's, it's we got uh, what is it? Uh, Washington D.C., New York, and Philadelphia. Yeah. East Coast wave. You live there. Yeah. They surrounded you. They attacked you. Tell me what happened, brother. So just like you were eating dinner tonight and you didn't know the riots were going on, same thing happened to me last night. I'm just hanging out with my family. We're having dinner. I hear a helicopter overhead. 
hanging really low. I go on Twitter. I check it out. Turns out that a Black Lives Matter protest riot had tried to lay siege to the 4th District Police Department in Washington, D.C. And so I'm eating dinner. I'm hearing the helicopters. I'm with my kids. I read Twitter real quick. and I'm like, oh, my God, they're doing it again. And this time, walking distance from my neighborhood walking distance from my house. So I jump out. I'm like, guys, I'm out. I got to go. Kids are kind of used to this by now. Daddy's got to go to work. So I jump out and I run up to uh, Georgia Avenue where the fourth district police department was. And I get there and there's already hundreds of riot cops out. I go up to the police station and they've already had bashed in numbers of windows on the first floor and the second floor. Apparently they attempted to sort of run in and take over the police, the police department there. And uh, things were kind of chilling out a little bit, and I was walking around and sort of filming, and I took a couple good pictures. And I was done filming. I was just standing there, and uh, these, these like four Antifa kids, all in their black gear with their matching pink, <laughs> matching Aww. pink gas mask that they all ordered Cute. off the Antifa wish list that they have on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, they do. And they, they were like a little team. They come up to me, and this guy's like, this is our space. You have to leave. Our space. What? This is our space. You have to leave. And funny enough, I was actually just getting ready to go. But then when an Antifa guy comes up to me and tells me it's time to leave, what am I going to say? <laughs> so all of a sudden I'm staying. I'm like, no, there's no way I'm going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so they try to push me around for a little bit and bully me out of there. Two, three, four, five of them come up and I'm not going anywhere. And it kind of diffuses for a second. And I'm just hanging out a little bit more. And then they come up to me again. And then there's like a group of four and then five and then six and then 10. And then there's like 20 of them. And now I'm surrounded by Antifa. I'm surrounded by sort of a Black Lives Matter type people. Just sort of random street thugs are there. And they they, they circle and they circle me and they're screaming at me. They're saying, you know, white people don't belong in this city. Get out of here. You're a gentrifier. And I tried to engage with them. I tried to have a conversation. I'm like, man, you got the wrong guy. I spent 10 years helping African-American kids in this city turn around public charter schools trying to sort of explain you know i'm like hey i'm here and they're like but what whose side are you on whose side are you on whose side are you on man and in my head i'm thinking okay gotta say nothing if i say i'm on their side just to diffuse it's gonna like start to rewire my own brain this is the whole reason why they do struggle sessions so i'm like forget it i don't say anything more and more people come up and i'm starting to get nervous at this point and there's probably 20 or so people I I walk slowly towards the police line as they are pushing me and pushing me. And there's probably 20 or 30 people at this point. There's individual young black men just staring me in the eyes with these like very angry, angry, just just intense eyes are just waiting to pounce on me. They're getting up in my face. I pull out my camera. I start to record. Then the umbrellas come out. (laughs) <laughs> right. Huh. So there's like umbrellas all around me, all in my face. You can see it on my video. If you go to uh, Jack Murphy live on Twitter, you can see the periscope that I did last night and you can hear the vile things that they're saying to me. White people get out of here. You don't belong here. All kinds of nasty stuff. They're screaming at me to stop recording. This is our space. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. And then like another four or five guys show up that look like they were ready to go. Okay. And that's when I started to think, oh man, I'm actually, I'm actually in a little bit of trouble Hmm. here. And right as the energy was peaking, right as it looked like I was probably about ready to get like literally jumped by 30 guys, I feel somebody grabbed me from behind. They grab my belt and they just yank me back like 20 feet. Wait, 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 hold on. The cops. How tall are you? I'm 6'4, 250. Exactly. Okay. So they (laughs) came up behind me, SWAT team, you know, assault rifle, the whole thing. Sorry, guys, not an assault rifle. It's a rifle that looks like, right. So they grab me by the belt and they yank me through, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm back behind the police line. 
I'm like, oh god, I got my hands, <laughs> my hands up. I'm like, I'm complying, I'm complying. And uh, they were like, you got any weapons on you? No. And then they walked me back, and they're like, dude, we just saved you. Like, yeah, they said that. <clears throat> they said that. They're like, yeah. yeah, it was about you were about ready to get just jumped right then. And they saved me after I was protesting their protest. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm holding my ground. They kept saying, this is our city. I'm like, dude, I have lived here for 30 years. I live walking distance from here. My kids go to school in the city and you're going to tell me it's not my town. And that's what this whole thing is, right? It's like, this is our space. This is our space. They don't can't be there. in our space. They don't live there. These little Antifa guys, mm-hmm. I can see their eyes. And it's so weird when everybody has masks on because you really can see their eyes and you can see the intensity in their eyes and you can see the anger and the seething rage. And the funny thing that I noticed is that when you refuse to bow to their intimidation, it just makes them so mad. That's what they want. What they're looking for is they want to they want to know that you know they've caused you pain. Yep. And if you don't experience pain or acknowledge it, because it's not just about being hurt, it's about them knowing you know they hurt you. That's they right. want they want you to be like that was me. I did that. Yep. They wanted to bully me out of my own town, Dude, out of my own city. It's so uh, when you said that it rewires your own brain to acknowledge that you're on there, that's so. Crazy. It's true. It is true. It's true. It's the whole point yeah. of the struggle sessions is to get you to say things that you don't believe in, and then you start believing it. What is a struggle session? I've never heard. Of this oh, a struggle session. I believe it comes from communist China, where they went into the countryside and around, and they just gathered up everybody who wasn't, you know, with the communist effort, and they made them, you know, swear fealty and like do all these things. I'm not an expert on it. Uh, but I know that the intention there is to rewire your brain and break down your defenses by getting you to repeat things that, A, you know are not true, and then, B, that are in line with the authoritarian or totalitarian state that's trying to control you. And when I refused to do it, dude, they flipped. They thought that they were going <laughs> to they thought they were gonna bully me. Now, I had run into a guy that I knew from Twitter there, and he is much smaller than me, and we got separated, and he did get assaulted. He got headbutted and punched oh, and man. chased out, and he ran. He ran the other way. Wow. I drifted towards the police, and I kind of knew the whole time the cops were there, right? So, like, I'm surrounded by all these people, and they're screaming at me and cussing at me and threatening me. I'm like, the police are right there. If they assault me, the cops will be on this, and it'll be just fine. And they just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. But the, the cops surprised me when they grabbed me and just yanked me through. And all of a sudden, I'm on the other side of the police line. And that's when they all fought over there. Like, oh, he's a cop. He's a cop. He's a cop. I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, I, I, I mean, I love my law enforcement officers and friends and family and all that. But, like, I grew up not really being a big fan of the police. When, when, when someone who is over six feet tall and, what, you said 250? Yep. They automatically assume you must be a cop no matter what. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. So uh, uh, there's also, I guess people are saying there's audio issues. I don't know. I'm trying to adjust, guys. We're literally trying. no idea how it just like instantly the other so day weird, just the dude. audio yeah. just went drop. cat. And we're like, I have no I idea what it the is. The cat pulled yeah, it out. The and then, I think, yeah, the cat yeah. like jiggled a cord or something. There was, was a really there was a really funny moment where the camera started shaking like crazy. And we were like, whoa, <laughs> what's, what's happening? On? And she was like scratching herself and hitting the camera. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, anyway, the yeah, so so there have been a bunch of instances. There was there were viral videos of like three guys who were wearing combat boots or like some kind of work boots, and then they got pointed out. This was like a big protest that happened in Toronto, and they were like, "Those guys are cops. This is proof." So there's tons of instances where regular looking guys who might wear. I mean, you, let me let me start for a second. You know, how in DC, everybody wears the same kind of North Face stuff. Yeah, it's like anybody who knows DC knows what I'm talking about. You, you go to these, you, like, wherever you go, everyone's wearing North Face jackets and khakis, and it's, like, the same outfit or the same style. Yeah. They'll see someone like that and think, they clearly aren't one of us. You're a cop. <laughs> You're a cop. You don't fit in. And it's, like, a regular dude, like, eating, you know, nachos at a Mexican restaurant, and they start screaming, You're a cop. 
Like yeah. you, you, you were at a restaurant. Is that what you're doing? No, I was at home. This is, oh, how, you're this at home. is how close <laughs> it was to me is that yeah. I heard the, the copper, the cop chopper, the cop chopper, copter? cop chopper. <laughs> can, can we edit that out? Somehow? No, I love it. The cop chopper, we're keeping it. The, cop chopper. The, the police helicopter hovering basically over my, my house. And when I saw that there was this happening right in my neighborhood, I just jumped up. I literally left my dinner on the table and I had to go. I got to bring it back to the intro. So why are they out there? In Washington, D.C. in particular, it was because of this one incident where a, a black kid was on a moped without a helmet. The cops saw him, flipped on the lights because it's illegal. And instead of talking to the cops, he sped off on the moped. So now he's like a fugitive running away from the cops. So the cops chased him. And as they're chasing him, he gets hit by another car. Whoa. A third car. Oh, and he ends up dying. Right. It's when? A, they blame the cops for that. This is like two or three nights ago. Oh. Yeah, they blame the cops for that. And it's a tragedy. It sucks when somebody gets killed, obviously, you know, but if the guy just would have stood there, he would have been fine. It's not the police fault. So instead they use this. They don't, it doesn't matter what the reason is. Mm -hmm. They're always just looking for any reason, any reason to rile people up. And so when I was there, I noticed it was just sort of like regular townsfolk, let's say. And then the Black Lives Matter banner showed up and then the Antifa Ugh. crew showed up and then you could just tell like the, the medics were there. And then all of a sudden you could tell that they had like rallied the troops to come all the way uptown. This is not downtown. This is not by the main protest zone. This is not by the White House. This is not where any really of this has been going on, which is why I was so incensed. I had actually decided to leave the street reporting up to fearless people like Shelby Talcott and uh, Elijah Schaefer. DC Wright, Wright Squad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they do a tremendous job, you know, and they're out there. But, you know, they have a little bit of a different demo than I do. I'm, I've got three kids and a family and the whole thing. And it's like I have to stop putting myself in danger like that. But this was in my neighborhood. Elijah Schaefer got punched in the face. Oh, he got bloodied up. Yesterday. Yeah, man. We, we we had Elijah on the show, what, was it a month ago? A few weeks ago, yeah. A few weeks ago? No, more than that. More than that. It was yeah, like a month ago. Two at least. So he, right. he he's he's another one of these dudes who goes out there and does this reporting. I, I saw a video where he was like, his face was swollen and he was bleeding and he was still reporting. Dude, yeah. I'm like, geez, dude, go to the hospital, get some stitches. Yeah, he's he hardcore. He's hardcore. I think he's having fun doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 I'd have never met him, but like the vibe I get when he posts the pictures and the tweets about him getting beat up or punched or whatever, I kind of, I get the sense that it doesn't bother you know, me You know, there's yeah. a... Uh, there's there's this thing I heard uh, about firefighters who wish for fires. Hmm. Wow. And it's it's true, though, because uh, so so my dad was a firefighter and he explained to me that some people get this thing where they get depressed when they're not doing something like their job is to help people and save lives. And then they go weeks with like no fire or no real calls and they feel useless. So they start wishing for fires like inside wow. in their own minds. Yeah. Like, I want that fire. I want to run mm -hmm. in. And that's a scary thought because they're like they want the destruction. But because they're. It, it reminds me of like the dogs on 9/11. You know, you know about the dogs on 9/11. No, they would have to bury themselves and then have the dogs find them because the dogs were getting demoralized by not finding the bodies. Oh, wow. So they would have to pretend to do it to give the dog like because it's, it's it's a feeling everybody gets when they feel like they're not doing anything, not helping, not being useful. Yeah, Tim, so, I can relate to this story. Yeah. I, one of the reasons why I stopped going out on the street as much is because I found myself hoping that something terrible would happen. And that's a bad feeling. Like I didn't, I didn't like it. I don't want to hope that ever. Right. So I would go out and if nothing bad happened, I would say publicly like, Oh, this is great. Thank God. Nothing bad happened. But in my mind, I'm like, Hey, I'm coming out here to, to work. Right. Like, where is it? You know? And, and I didn't like that feeling at all. Honestly. Journalism in general is a tough job because if bad stuff doesn't happen, 
what's the news? Like, good news right. doesn't really it's not fly. It's not unfortunately. Dude, 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 have you guys seen Bruce Almighty? No. No. You've not seen it? Well, the movie. The movie, the movie, the movie, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. So where, where Jim, Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey is a yeah. local news reporter, and they're like, go do the cookie story, the world's biggest cookie. And he's like, come on, man. And he really wants to be an anchor. And so the movie is basically, he's complaining about life. He blames God for everything. So God, Morgan Freeman, grants him the powers of God and says, you be God. And then what does he do? He starts making like meteors crash into the earth. His, he, they find Jimmy Hoffa's grave or whatever. <laughs> He's making all this crazy sensational news that he is right there for. He falsely frames his rival news team for having a bunch of pot in their car and they get arrested by the feds. Like it's totally the Russians. Super Definitely. brutal. But like I think that, that that's it's, I know it's, it's a fictional movie, but it's a play on an idea we know. They call him Mr. Exclusive because he was finding all of those big breaking news stories of shocking explosions and drug busts. So, yeah, if it bleeds, it leads. Bad, bad, bad news doesn't sell. The movie Nightcrawler was like that, Dude, too. Dude, that movie's yeah. so good. Joan Hall. Have you seen Nightcrawler? <clears throat> I haven't. I, oh, I, I, have some, I have some pop culture deficiencies, I'll admit that. Dude, but Night, Nightcrawler is a movie for anybody who agrees with Trump on fake news. If, if you've seen Trump say the fake news and you're like, that's right, go watch Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't believe there's not more like lefties who are like, that movie is, 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 is awful. That making journalists look like sociopaths because the dude in the movie, yeah, it's, great. it's so good, dude. Long story short, I don't want to ruin the movie. It's about a sociopath who figures out he can make money selling. If it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. So take that. Basically all of oh, them. Dude. <laughs> it's, it's such a good movie, man. Because it's not like it's a murder or anything. Kind of. Kind you got to see the movie. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for people, but it's, it's so good. He's, he's legit trying to like, I don't want to ruin the movie. Don't but, ruin it. But journalists who want to make the story happen, essentially, yeah. you know, they, they know. Well, I mean, you have every incentive in the world to make that happen. Fame, power, money, reputation, career, stability. I mean, if you, that's how you make your money, then, of course, you're going to want to see that. happen. Fortunately, the cops and the firemen don't get paid for crime and fires. Necessarily, cops do have a quota. Quotas are very weird. Like, you've got to find the guys that break the law or you're going to get in trouble with your department. So they're out there. Making it happen. They claim almost. there's no quotas, right? They say over and over again there's no quotas. I think some departments have them and some don't. But I dude, don't know. No, but the stats have to be good. Right, right, right. And in Chicago, everybody always knew. Don't be careful driving at the end of the month. Yep, mm-hmm. that's what everyone would always say. So it's kind of like, is it one of those myths or whatever? But but, but you know, we're, we are kind of getting off. We were talking about antifa, and I really want to focus on this because yes, five days to an election. Yes, can't believe it. I I have to wonder if like I'm this is this this next part is a joke, hmm. okay? Because I know people are going to freak out. That a bunch of Trump supporters dress up like Antifa, like this is how you get Trump elected in PA. I'm joking. Okay. The point is, though, Donald Trump is going rally, rally, rally in in Pennsylvania. Vote for me. And he's going, suburban women, love me. Mm -hmm. You have to love me. I've done so much. It's it's, it's actually funny. They criticize him for it, but he's he's half joking. Like he really does need their vote, but he's just like, you know, hamming it up. But uh, so, uh, there's only so much rallies can do. You've got Western, you got Western Pennsylvania, fracking country. Joe Biden sealed the deal on that yeah. when he was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "We're going to transition out of oil." Yes, yes. And then the moderator's like, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> like almost like she was face pumping that he said it, not that he would actually want to do it. She goes, Why would you say that? Exactly. That's <laughs> what it sounded like to me. Uh-huh, yeah. But how do you get Eastern Pennsylvania? 
Riots erupt in Philadelphia three nights in a row. People are looting, you know, Five Below, Walmart. They're, like, you see the video where the cars are just, like, crashing each other and, like, TVs are flying through the air? Yeah. It's like, so they're in the parking lot of the Walmart, and people are just running away with stuff. And then, like, someone's got, like, a TV in the middle of the road. A car hits it. It just flips over the car, and they're, like, crashing into each other. It was nuts. Yeah, and even a guy, like, loaded up his truck full of looted material, and then he got robbed. For his, for his car full oh of looters. They're looting the looters! Yeah, and, and apparently they were shooting each other, too, Whoa, and fighting and fighting cool. over it. Yeah, I think, I think Shelby and Elijah hurt, you know, were there with shots fired. And so, you know, it's just criminals doing criminal stuff. Yo, in D.C., is it federal? So it's federal, right? Are they sending out the feds to take no. care of that? Dude, no. if you get arrested... So uh, activist organizations warn protesters. You get arrested protesting in D.C. Those are federal charges. They're very, very hard to beat. And the, uh, the, the, penal- the penalties are severe, whereas state, city jurisdictions, sometimes you get a slap on the wrist, not the feds. They, hey, what, they prosecute. What is, what is the name of that legal fund that's always bailing out those Antifa guys? They were down on the scene last night, too, and I, I think that's what happened. They saw me streaming the Antifa guys because I, I was streaming the cops and stuff, but then I saw the legal aid. you know, hats. National Lawyers Guild. That's it, National yeah. Lawyers yeah, Guild. Progressive they, organization. They were on the ground there, and that's mm-hmm. part of the support ecosystem yep. that enables people to go to jail and have lawyers and bail, and that way they can get arrested with impunity. You and, know, I'll tell you what, man. During Occupy, things were different, and it's a, there's a weird authoritarian switch that occurred. I remember I was on, uh, you know, I can't remember what street it was, maybe like 12th or something. I was, it was in New York. It was like the Lower East Side, and there was a National Lawyers Guild lawyer who had just witnessed an arrest. We were standing on the sidewalk, and he starts cro- – I'm, I'm standing here on, on the corner, and he starts walking through the crosswalk, not jaywalking. And he's on his phone, and he's looking at cops as they're making an arrest, and he starts reporting to his colleagues, and a bunch of cops run up and grab him and throw him against a car. His phone goes flying, and I'm filming. I'm like, whoa, what the? And then he's like, what are you doing? I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. And they were like, shut up. And they cuff him. They arrest him. And then I actually had a phone call like, what happened? Why did they arrest him? I'm like, he literally wasn't doing anything, man. It was a, it was a lawyer. On the... So I see things like that. I've seen things where the National Lawyers Guild has done good in stopping things like this. Mm. But something changed. And I remember when I was in Boston, it was 2018, and there, were, there, was, there was Antifa, and there were right-wing protesters. The Antifa guys had clubs. They were wearing black masks, full blackout gear with clubs and bats. And there was the National Lawyers Guild standing at their side. And then across from them was a bunch of guys with, like, Pepe signs and shields. And I asked the National Lawyers Guild, I was like, hey, how come you guys are only on one side? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like... Why aren't you guys observing for those guys? And they were like, I don't understand. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and then I tweeted about it. And then a bunch of lefties, they were like, Tim Pool's defending the fascists. And I'm like, the National Lawyers Guild said their mission was to observe the police, not counter protests. Right. I thought they were there to make sure that people were peacefully, legally allowed to protest. And that includes the left and the right. No, it wasn't. It was about supporting progressive causes. And now that the conflict isn't about police versus protester, it's like, left and right tribe or whatever national lawyers guild is overtly tribalist and will will not help you in defending your rights they won't like uh, was anyone there when you were getting attacked any of these lg guys no nobody they're not gonna ugly the police were there though because because i'd imagine they're gonna be like oh we're not gonna film this we don't observe this because then we gotta testify against them right there were a number of people filming and taking pictures i haven't seen any of them surface just yet and i would like to see them i was standing there surrounded by like 30 people just like that that would probably be a good pick i'd like to see it so if you were that guy last night, send it <laughs> out. Me, hit me up on Twitter, Jack Murphy Live, or on my YouTube channel, Jack Murphy Live. Thank you very much. I'll see you guys there as well. Excellent. So uh, you think the riots are going to – well, uh, so as I was saying about Pennsylvania, 
I don't know exactly if you can turn a city red. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what would hmm. make something like that happen. But I, I imagine, I don't know if you remember that video where the Christopher Columbus statue was getting attacked. Mm. And so all of these, like, middle-aged and younger dudes, like, union guys, came out and surrounded it and got physical, like, shoving Antifa. Some guys had bats, some guys had guns, and they were like, get out of here. Then the city came and took the statue away anyway. I can only imagine, these, like, these are, these are probably union Democrat guys in Philadelphia, 80% Democrat city. Now they're taking your statue down. You tried to defend. Now they're rioting. And it's not just in like downtown. It's, it, I think they call it Center City. It's spread around all over the place. And they were, the, the, the videos are nuts. I got to imagine there's a certain part of these like regular working class union guys who are Democrats who are probably going, I've had, I've had enough of this man. And I wonder if they're going to it's going to it's going to be a big push for Trump. I mean, they did make a big part up of the nine million Democrats of deplorable voters in 2016. I'm hoping that that trend is going to continue. It's very clear to see that there, you know, the, the Republican Party is becoming sort of the, the party of men. Right. And the, and the Democratic yeah. Party is Hold becoming on. the party of women and minorities. I got I got to stop you there, though. There's something really interesting I saw in uh, I was looking at early voting data in um, I think it was Michigan. The uh, most of the votes that have come in so far early in absentee lean GOP. The, lo- the the plurality is GOP voters and women. Nice. That that was weird to me. I was like, wait, 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 wait. The majority of returned ballots and early voting came from women, and the major and and the it was a plurality was women. No, a majority. And then the plurality was Republicans, meaning there's an uptick in Republican women who are voting. Awesome. And they're helping get that push. So that's <clears throat> I've always said that it's the party of masculine men and the women who love them. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So true. you gotta have it's that it, that's that caveat, right? Dude, how weird is it that that's true? That the demo so millennial women are like seventy percent Democrat. That's that's Pew Research. Sixty eight percent of millennial women are Democrats, and then uh, among uh, men, it's slightly conservative, but pretty even. Yeah. Well, that's by design. So in the late sixties, the Democrats decided to to jettison the white working male from their efforts in terms of recruiting people, and they specifically set out a strategy to court the disaffected. They used words that we wouldn't use today about homosexual people hmm. and about minority folks and about just all of the other factions. Who who was the dude who ran against Nixon in his reelection? McGovern. McGovern, and he got obliterated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was that guy who wanted to do the coalition of progressives, of like white college-educated elites and minorities, and he got annihilated in a 49-state landslide. I that, is that going to happen? That's that man. That that <laughs> no, would be amazing, too close. Biden's but I doubt well. it. I don't really know what's going to happen. In fact, I got to admit, it's get, you know, I'm getting a little. Get a little jittery. Mm-hmm. I mean, either way, everything will be, you know. You said Nixon and McGovern. Is that right? He also yeah. did a 49. And, and yep. so did Reagan. He and had Reagan a 49. Did. Okay. And uh, I, th- I think Reagan was for similar reasons, too. They tried doing oh, a, bi- yeah. a big progressive push and regular people recoiled. That's what Biden's doing. Mondale. It's so cringy. Here, well, here's the crazy thing. Mondale. We're, we're, we're looking at early voting data, right? And it's like right now, at nas- nationally, I think it's like four points up Democrat. What if those Democrat voted Republican? You know what I mean? It's probably wishful thinking to be like, oh, the polls are wrong and the Democrats are actually voting for Republicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no. That, Democrats are probably up. We expected this. And Republicans, surprisingly, are doing really well in Ohio uh, and Wisconsin and Michigan. They're leading in those three states. So uh, I think we're actually – there's a scenario where – could you imagine if we do 269 to 269, Biden, mm. <laughs> and the Electoral oh College? Oh, my gosh. 
It would go to House delegations. Trump would win. It's not going to be this hardcore deadlock, but that would be so on on point for 2020. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, either way, unless it's a clear landslide in either either direction, it's going to feel like 269 to 269 Mm -hmm. the way it's going to be drawn out. I think we all need to prepare for that. Like, save your adrenal system, save your dopamine (laughs) surges, save your stressing out. I really don't think that there's going to be like a decisive factor on the third, although I would greatly welcome it in our favor. Our favor. We're we're gonna have this uh, big election night party. So what? What? Yeah, we still got. And and what we're gonna do is we're just gonna stream the whole night, and people are gonna come in and out. Whoever wants to hop on the stream and be like, "Yo, what's going on?" And I'll probably be downstairs hanging out with people. I'll come up periodically, and a bunch of people do that. But I'm wondering, like, at what point do we turn the stream off? Because it's gonna be like 4 a.m. and they're gonna be like, "We have no idea what happened." 2 (laughs) a.m. 2 a.m. is when when they end everything. No, that's no, but there's not going to be results because I think uh, uh, Pennsylvania is not doing their results until the 10th or whatever. Yeah, and I found out. So I have someone who voted in Colorado, and so they got their ballot back, and they're like, "Something's wrong with your signature." All right, cool. I'm glad you're checking out my signature. You can vote again on the 12th. Like you can just go in until the 12th. Remember, you can go in on the 12th. So you can go on the 12th, and they'll set your signature correct as late as the 12th of November. And I was like, "There's no way this is going to be done by November." Well, unless, unless like they they can map out. So a lot of people are saying, and I literally just said it. Pennsylvania is not going to know their results until the 10th or whatever because of late ballots, but they can actually look at registered voters. And likely voters, they can model out and be like, there's literally no way any amount of votes will change the results of this county. They always do that. Yeah, so that's, that's what, what happens every time. Exactly. We see the like, we, you know, 89. There's some places where it's like 37 precincts reporting landslide because it's a guarantee. There's no amount of votes they could get with a remaining precincts to win. Right. So we might actually just see that we might on election night it might be, you know, landslide Joe Biden. <laughs> that's not why I was just my. I know I thought you crossed your fingers, finger, so I said Biden instead. Oh, That'd no. be cool. I, I would welcome a landslide. I would too. Just to get it over with. That's I don't fair. want. To, I don't want to sit around for two weeks. Not for Biden. Dude, obviously. did you? I just want. This, this want is, it to end on the third so we can move on. Yeah, it's not. It's 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 not going to end, man. Like so, the media has become addicted to culture war. Every everyone has, and when you have billion dollar corporations that are like. What do we do when the orange man is gone? They're going to start looking for for villains to write about. It'll be Kanye. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Yep. And and Joe Rogan, for sure. And comedians. And what did Robert Reich say? Truth and Reconciliation Commissions? Dude, we got to have him on the show or something. I mean, well, I'll tell you what. Sure. Like, I'm willing to have anybody on. Well, not anybody. (laughs) Someone asked me on Twitter, like... Are there limits? And I was like, yeah, like physical safety and, yeah. and people have to be uh, relevant to the conversation. So he is. Sure, I'd have him on. But he's like truth and reconciliation. I know, it's so weird. Yeah, you know what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to they're going to uh, no platform, deplatform and cancel people. So we all end up with no technology, no bank accounts. Like, oh, you know, nobody wants to work with you because you're one of those. I heard a very scary bit of speculation that the reason that they selected Kamala Harris was so that she could be the Kamala. chief. Oh, sorry, whatever. <laughs> K. Harris. K. Harris. K. Harris. Uh, so that she could be the prosecutor in chief of the truth and reconciliation effort. Oh, gosh. I don't Which know, actually yeah. makes pretty good sense. I mean, She's awful. there's one thing she can do, right? So they're going to like rendition people. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, yeah, why not? that dude, makes me angry. That someone, makes me want to riot. Not so much have, stuff makes me want to riot. Have you, have you got, you guys have all seen V for Vendetta? Yeah. You know, the scene where Creedy comes in and, and knocks out Stephen Fry and, and then he like drags him away. 
like uh, it would be fun to make like a gif where it's you know Kamala Harris as Creedy and then like Stephen Fry's Alex Jones he gets black bagged and like taken oh, away. Oh, by the way, he was on Rogan. Did you guys see Tim Dillon and was it Tim? Dillon I didn't see. I Rogan? saw that he did it, yeah. and and the left is going after him like hardcore. Oh, I haven't seen. I only watched a few. Dude, minutes. these people don't know why they're mad at Alex Jones. They really have no idea. He's funny. He's a comedian. Sandy Hook. You don't. You don't. You yeah. know what? I, check this out though. I I, I, I thought of something. Weird. I was thinking of something really interesting. I did a segment on this. There was a recently Jacobin magazine, which I'm sure you guys. Know. It's Tim a social, socialist magazine. First, I, I want to say my respects to Jacobin. They've done repeated articles defending free speech, arguing that if they give in to restrictions on fascist speech, the government will, t- will go after them next. And I'm like, yes, yes, exactly. And so they said, like, they, they called it like the anti-fascist hate speech boomerang was an article they wrote where they basically said, we cannot give in to these demands to censor speech because they're going to come for us. So I respect that. They, they did a show. It got censored on Facebook. And one of the hosts of that show was, was on the Young Turks. So while I'll give my respects to Jacobin for defending free speech because they understand how important it is for, for a movement like theirs especially, the host they had from the Young Turks was in favor of censoring Alex Jones. And so I thought about something. I was like, how many, how many decades of content does Alex Jones have? Right. Like, like three? Three, yeah, three decades. Yeah. And that means he's probably got, out of those decades of work he's done, how, much, how many hours of content? 60,000? Well, I'm mean, eating work literally. was my first guess. It's probably a really ridiculously huge number, right? How many videos did he have on YouTube? How many subscribers? Because he said one thing, he's gone forever. And every bit of speech he ever said, think about how insane that is. That you could, you could, you, you could talk for 30 years and then say, and also this. Oh, there it is. Get him. And they, they, they delete literally everything you've ever said, not just the things you're saying now, everything you've ever said. That's crazy. And here's you know what's really crazy about it. The stuff that Jones was saying, as reprehensible as it was, for sure, was like, what, seven years before they went after him? It was from a long time ago. The Sandy Hook thing? Yeah, it was from a yeah. long time ago. Well, or you remember the incident involved Oliver Darcy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. It was about uh, Alex Jones confronting him in the halls of the Capitol building and basically being a dickhead and and like cornering him and intimidating him. And believe me, Oliver Darcy, if you're watching, there's no love lost here. Right. I, I met Oliver years ago back at Business Insider when he was there and he was trying and to he be was all, writing favorable articles. He was about trying to be all chummy with mm-hmm. us MAGA crew in D.C. and showing up at all the events, him and Rosie Gray and Andrew yeah. Morantz. And they all just turned you know that uh oliver darcy interviewed me when the alt-right got banned and i said slippery slope we can't just ban people for bad opinions and he wrote an article about it news like you know renowned journalist or whatever warns of the coming censorship he was a business insider then he got hired by cnn and you know rosy-cheeked oliver darcy walked in with a smile on his face like looking up at the big building and all the floors and he was like i finally made it and that's when jeff sucker jumped out of the shadows and <laughs> latched onto his back and sunk his teeth into his neck and oliver went ah and then oh, okay. turn into a fake news zombie. That's exactly right. They turned yeah. him. In, they turned him into the schoolyard snitch. Yeah, like yeah. he's got to be like the most, <laughs> most hated Seriously. of all of those people from that time. And he's really sort of sold himself on that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was for Alex Jones. He got banned off of Twitter for what he did outside of Twitter. That's so crazy. But it was years before, and it's like, what if if it, the, the main issue I see is. If you say one wrong thing years ago and we decide now that was wrong, we eliminate everything you've ever said from the record. Now, I am working at Minds and, and banning accounts and being in charge of that kind of thing. I was of the ilk that if, so, if an account violated the terms, I don't care who the human is using that account, that account is nuked. I'm not going after the person. If the person makes a new account, it's fine. 
It does, they violated terms with that account. That account is gone. It's not the person. And that's where cancel culture comes from. The, pro- the problem I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I'm, I, I, as I think about what happened with Alex Jones. And so, so anyway, the, the gist of it was that, you know, one of the Young Turks people on the show was like, I'm glad Alex Jones can't harass people. And I'm like, so you're OK with him having literally every bit of his work removed and annihilated because he did this one wrong thing. And I guess he did it a couple times. I'm not, you know, I think what he did was wrong for sure. Reprehensible. And you tell him, hey, that thing you did, don't do it again. OK, OK. No, they didn't. They, I, I think he remained on Facebook for a while, and then they were just waiting to press the nuke button, give him any excuse, and then they went for it. So it really was not about just that one thing he said. It was a political move. They didn't like this guy. He had too much influence, and he says crazy stuff. So they were like, he's a problem to get rid of him and find any excuse to do it. The funny thing about it, I watched like maybe the first half hour of the Joe Rogan uh, show with him, and uh, Alex starts to say something that seems all crazy, and Joe's like, no, 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 no. Hold on. What you need is a fact checker. Let's fact check this one. Come on. We're going to fact <laughs> check this Lydia. Jamie. Jamie, bring it up. Bring That's it right. up. Bring it up. And Jones was right. And they brought it, brought it up, and he's reading it, and he's like, oh, oh, oh holy crap, you're right. Yeah. Right. Do you know what he was saying, though? Yeah, he said that uh, corporations were making payments to sub-level, lower-level staff members in the Trump organization because Trump is uncorruptible. He's not beholden to lobbyists. He's not beholden to corporations. And so that he's saying that corporations were going towards people in his orbit and below him in order to get influence. And the example, he's like, he's like, yeah, AT&T paid people, you know, millions of dollars just to get access. And they're like, whoa, hold on a second. And they, and they pull, checked and, and they right. pull it up. USA Today, I think, is what it was. And this is snap. This is this is a thing. It's low information individuals with power who don't know what they're talking about and getting mad about it. The other day when we had Vosh on, he mentioned that I got into like conspiracy realm stuff. And he mentioned, you said if Joe Biden gets elected, they're going to come to your house. They're going to change definitions. And I was like, they've done both of those things already. Like, I, I wasn't, I didn't say, here's my prediction of the future. I said, here's what they've already done. If Joe Biden gets elected, it, it like locks that in. It, it exacerbates well, the problem. His argument was because it happened doesn't mean that something's going to trigger to happen again. He didn't say that. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he's saying. If, if a toilet exploded in someone's house and you say, hey, if that Weird, guy gets yeah. elected, there's going to be exploding toilets. He said like, that after yeah, that I said those things metaphor. already happened. And then he went, oh, well, just because his initial argument was he didn't know people have already gone to several houses. Mm-hmm. Pe- and then he was like, which people? And then I was like, the McCloskey's for one. He's like, oh, OK. So clearly I want to go more into that, too. There, there, how many more people? I really do think one of the biggest issues between left and right is the sources we consume. Mm-hmm. But it is a fact that the right knows what the left is thinking. The left does not know what the right is thinking. Yep. The best example of this is when the hashtag Proud Boys went viral and it was a bunch of like gay men kissing. And they were like, take that, Proud Boys. And then Enrique like uh, posted Milo and Gavin making out like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, so what do you think this is? Somebody once took the graphics for Liminal Order and they like put made it in rainbow flag and they were and they tried to make it out like this was like being being mean to me. Like, <laughs> oh, they made it look like it was the gay flag. Like, uh, all right. They don't know okay. who you are. Like right. you've repeatedly said that uh, uh, the Republican Party accepting gay marriage was was what allowed you to be like, OK, I can go in this direction. Yeah. Like ab- socially accepting. Absolutely. And just piggybacking off your your uh, idea there that the left does not know what the right is thinking, but the right does know what the left is thinking. I have made a terrible mistake. I have reengaged with my old friends on Facebook oh, no. in this election Uh-oh. season. <laughs> no. And it was a big mistake. It's a big mistake. There's no question. And and I was I just had it totally reconfirmed to me. 
when I'm trying to explain to them sort of their thought process, because I know it, like I've studied critical race theory, I've studied radical feminism, I've studied intersectionality, I know how it works, I know their sort of Kafka traps, I know their intellectual, you know, framework, if, if you can call it that, and I'm explaining it to them and they don't even know, they're just all foot soldiers that have been sort of co-opted by Black Lives Matter, Antifa, etc., and they think they're doing a good thing, they're like, yeah, Black Lives Matter, of course, Black Lives, Black Lives, of course, but they don't understand what the system is that they're in, and it's just, I, I try to engage with them, it's just, it's not possible and uh, I, I just I have this hope I had this naive notion that in like five years when maybe everything just completely falls apart and everybody suffers the traumatic experience they need in order to rethink their worldview that one of them at least is just gonna be like Oh, you know that Jack. He was right. Yeah, they will. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> no. They come out. They're no. never gonna do it. Never. So never, never. The, the interesting thing we were talking about earlier, when you mentioned rewiring in your brain, yeah, is that they people do trainings where they tell you to tell yourself things to do that. Yeah. And so you think about these people who are watching TV and they say Black Lives Matter everywhere. It becomes they have no idea what it is. But they just adhere to it, and when you challenge it, you threaten their worldview. Yep. So I think a lot of the reason we see like Antifa getting crazy and foaming at the mouth and like, ah, Black Lives Matter, uh, because they are righteous and just. They don't know why, but they've said it over and over and over again, and it's in their being. And so when you are opposition, when you are the other, you are the evil villain destroying the world. And they have no idea why. You, you ask them, they couldn't tell you. I've tried. When, when it comes to Black Lives <laughs> Matter, real. yeah, I know, me too. I feel like there's three strata of the way that people interact or interface with that movement. One is like the ideological one where it's like, why is Black Lives Matter? Why does it exist? And this is kind of what Vosh was kind of hinting at that last night. Um, you know, it's a, it's a class issue thing that's caused this thing to erupt. Then there's the people that are like in it and using it as a business and profiting from it in a lot of ways. Definitely. And then, and then there's like the foot soldiers who are like, yeah, Black Lives are great. So I follow it. They don't right. know anything about it. Right. But and that's and that's most people. Like oh, I I have I have definitely. friends and family that are posting things like it is not enough to be not racist. You must be actively anti-racist. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and they can't give me an answer. I once did this really thoughtful post about the problems of leftist identitarianism and critical race theory and tried explaining to them using their own words and language and they just said, you know, f off basically. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, we're in the tribe. The tribe is good. You say bad, you bad. I have pity. I have pity for them because I do believe that they're possessed uh, in like a spiritual demon way, maybe, but they're possessed by an idea. Uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson that said that people don't have ideas. Ideas have people. Yes. And these people, these ideas got these people, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's really, it just, it makes me sad when I can see people that I, I know are otherwise decent, good humans that, that are just acting in a way that I know if they really understood that they would change their mind because they are good, decent people. And this is sort of the mission. And there, there, I see a path to redemption for them, but they don't see a path to redemption for me. And, and just to finish up on this, the suffer, the suffering sessions or you struggle, know, sessions. struggle sessions, sessions. copter chapters. Um, <laughs> um, you know, think about it in reverse. You visualize success. You tell yourself success. You say it over and over again. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be great at that. I am this. I am this thing I want to become. Because you can rewire your brain using your self-talk and the things you say. So you can do it in the other direction. They say, raise the fist. Who's, that's the thing that stood out to me is the guy, the intensity, nose up in here, coughing their corona all over me. Going, <laughs> going, 
Whose side are you on? Say it. Say it. And when I wouldn't, it's just like, oh, these, just, they just explode inside their heads. It's, all, it's now, awful for them. Think about this. You got you got a nice beanie there, good sir. There's mm. a symbol on that beanie. What is that symbol? That symbol is the logo for the Liminal Order, my all men's organization, national, 300 members. You've got a national organization, and uh, I, I take a lot of people often want to join, and you get like you know you, you put the word out, and then yeah, people we have hit you up. Three thousand people on the waiting list. Imagine if you had mainstream dominant culture promoting the ideology for you, and mm. you needed only walk up and say, "You think Black Lives Matter, right? Okay, well then join my organization." Slick. Yeah. yeah I so um, ima- I imagine that. you, all of us as critical thinkers and the people watching who would challenge what we're told and be like, let me check on that first. And that's a big thing about the Internet is a lot of people who consume news are actively looking for it as opposed to mainstream media, which is they're sitting there absorbing it. Mm-hmm. So you're more likely to find people who know more about specific things. They're seeking it out. Now, imagine you've got half the people who are just absorbing information, have no idea, never challenged. It's true. It was on the TV. If you want to use them for your advantage and your power, well, if you go up to them and say, Black Lives Matter is, you know, out of control, identitarianism, and while I, I, I can understand the, the, the core complaints and I can agree police brutality is bad and we respect these lives, the movement has its problems. Now, join me. They're going to be like, screw you. What are you, racist? Right. If you go up to them and say, you want to join a Black Lives Matter group, right? You're not racist, are you? Hmm. Then, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes, because dominant culture racist, told them to. Are you? Yep. You're not racist. Are it's you? it's not it's the the issue is you've got this person right, and they see you walk up to them and you say, "Give me your money and your time and your energy," and they say, "Why should I do that?" And then you say, "Look around you. You're not a racist, are you?" And they see signs everywhere: Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And they're like, "I don't want to be another. I don't want to be another here. Whatever you want from me, please, just don't ostracize me." So I think a big component. Of a, a lot of whatever, like this moderate space, intellectual space, whatever you want to call it, or a bunch of just, I don't know, uh, rebellious morons, if that's apt. I think it's, it's just an issue of people who are self-sufficient to a certain degree, not too concerned about being ostracized. I would rather live on my feet than die on my knees. Amen. Versus people who would la- rather live on their knees than die. Yeah. Uh, I'm comfortable being the other. Uh, that's how it's always been my life. I've always been contrarian, counterculture. That's just where I feel more comfortable. But on this issue of passive versus intentional learning or understanding, we in the liminal order have come up with a name. We didn't determine this name, but we've determined that it's an essential tool in this world. It's called sense making. And sense making is intentional understanding. And part of intentional understanding is a, a, a desire to want to actually make sense of the world. And B, it's also an internal process where you have to understand your emotional triggers, understand what states you are in uh, that lead to emotional triggers and irrational behavior. And it's a process by which you learn how to control your emotions, your emotional uh, triggers, your, your physical integrity in order to increase your ability to discern between right and wrong, good and bad, so that you can be an intentional understander uh, and and do this art of sense making. So if you want to be an independent, sovereign person in an information war space, which is where we are, and the the information battlefield is deliberately polluted at all times, if you want to maintain your sense of personal sovereignty, you have to develop this skill of sense making. And that's one of the things we do in the liminal order because we think it's vital. It's like a life skill at this point. Well, we get on the other side, willful ignorance, which is kind of like the other end of the spectrum of that. People who just choose to be swimming in bliss. Yeah. 
Ignorance is bliss, man. I mean, there is some truth to that. Dude, it must feel good right? to be morally, indig- uh, morally righteous and wield righteous indignation, watching down the street with a bunch of people telling you and patting you on the back how right you are and how smart you are, knowing that all the corporations support you and the government supports you and you are on the right side of history, and that throwing that brick, ooh, just crunching into that face, that face of the other, the evil, yeah, they love it. It feels good to them. They're attacking symbols to make themselves feel good, and mm-hmm. they get pat on the back for it. So it's, it's, it's funny because they often talk about right-wing love bombs. Have you guys heard about a, what mm-hmm. right-wing love bombs are? I have not. The, the idea is that someone will go on social media, and this is what the left calls it, which says a lot about the left. And you'll get a person, and they'll say something like, I think Donald Trump is just not that bad. And immediately all the Trumpsters are like, you're so cool, you're so smart, that's so rational, so reasonable, it feels good, you're getting all this love and attention. And so then you go, oh, <laughs> I think cool. he's actually cool. And then I, they're like, oh, that's even better, you're so much smarter than we thought. And then you're like, he's actually the best. And they're like, oh, you are so amazing. You're the best. The left does the opposite. They hate bomb. Like, that's their strategy, hate bombing. You go on and you say, I think Donald Trump isn't that bad. Why are you a bigot? What's wrong with you, racist? You better get on your knees. Some people are, are coerced by that. Some people are recruited by that saying, I don't like the way this feels. They're being mean to me. No, 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 no. I agree with you. You're right. Please don't be mean anymore. And now they're angry. They're forced into this. They don't understand. They're just mad. And it reminds me kind of like hazing, mm-hmm. right? So why do people at colleges or high schools haze freshmen, new, you know, newcomers? They went through it. Now it's my turn, Right. That's to build a shared experience in a common language. I mean, some of this hazing, dude. Oh, sure. Them to so, like, hurting people, making them drink themselves to death or have sex with animals or whatever. That's stuff, <laughs> that's stuff, <laughs> that's stuff's whack. That stuff's whack. I mean, like, the stuff you hear about. Kind of. well, look, make, making, somebody, making somebody, you know, strip down to their boxers and jump in a potato sack is one thing. Yeah. But I'm talking about, like, there was one thing that happened in Illinois where they, they, they all, like, took a dump. All these women took a dump in a dumpster what? and then made, like, the women, like, put it over their heads or something. Just really Ew, weird. What? Humiliation. Like, yeah. Serious established power but, hierarchy. But what was happening was that every time someone got hazed in an extreme way, it it traumatized and made them angry. So then they wanted to repeat it and mm. feel Same that thing with power. Kids, I mean, that's a lot about child abuse and the cycle of abuse. That's kind of what we're in yeah. right now. It's like it seems, feels like a political cycle of abuse. These 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 anti people, in my opinion, feel like they've been abused, and now they want to feel good being the abuser, and they don't care who they take it out on. Small business owners. Random people, you know, living in the neighborhood. Buildings. You look at what happened, journalists, reporters, whatever they can justify. And on the other side, this is, this is a funny thing. You know, we, we had uh, Vosh there the uh, other day. He did make a good point, but it, the point wasn't, I think, what he, what he, what, hmm. what he thought it was. <laughs> he said that the left doesn't have the kind of fervent militia or, like, far-right support of, the, of, of their leaders that the right does. So, like, on the right... There are right-wing militia groups. There are groups like the Proud Boys that are overtly like yelling Trump and cheering and jumping up and down. Antifa does not like Joe Biden. They want right. Joe Biden because Joe Biden will capitulate to them in some capacity, but they despise him. So that's a good point. As they should. But that also means that if Trump came out and was like, stop, then they'd be like, okay. Whereas Antifa goes, shut your mouth, Biden, and they go around smashing and destroying things again. So the left does have its violent apparatus, rage and anger, and it's, and it's the ideology that's fueling a lot of the anger is supported by all the mainstream corporations and all these institutions and colleges. And I mean, just to put it bluntly, 
I think all that just gets worth, worse under Biden, or at the very least, it's empowered their ide- their ideology. Well, uh, it's it's not only supported by the institutions and and, corp- and corporations and academia and whatever, but by the the municipalities themselves. When you've got the mayors of Washington D.C. and New York City uh, putting you know planting Black Lives Matter on the street, changing street names to Black Lives Matter Plaza like they did That's in Washington D.C. Dude, yeah, it's dude. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. They named. That street, it's 16th and H in Washington, D.C., right across from Lafayette Square in the White House. They named it Black Lives Matter Plaza because just a few nights ago, there was a riot there and they destroyed the buildings and set the, <laughs> set the churches on fire, hit the cops with bricks, got, you know, chased people yeah. around and were violent. And like they celebrated it by naming the street after them. You see what happened to that NYPD officer who yelled Trump 2020? Uh, didn't he no. Suspended. Dis- disciplined? Yeah. Suspended, no pay. Meanwhile, the officers who took a knee were cheered and praised. Right. Morality policing. When, you're, when your police departments literally sh- show the symbol of the ideology... And then you oppress the officers who say anything in the other direction or any other, you know. There's something to um, dictators and the power of like benevolent, like Athens was founded by a benevolent dictator. And it's not the word has taken a new connotation where we think of modern dictators as like strong men that control through military force. But the idea of being dictating, speaking orators, they're like a good Obama was a dictator. He spoke a lot. He was very eloquent. Trump is a dictator. He gives two hour speeches. Biden's a very failed. He's not a dic- not able to dictate, and dictators rally orator. crowds. You can call it now an orator. Yeah. The word's kind of morphed into now orator, um, and having a great one will become that can empower and become a leader. And a good one, if you are benevolent, can tell people like stand down, be kind. Trump knows how to speak to his base. No, Trump knows how to speak to anybody if he so chooses. He's yeah. a code switcher. He's an incredible <laughs> yeah. communicator. You see, you, you catch him in these like off moments where he's being very sociable and fun. Remember, everybody loved Donald Trump in 2014. Yep. What, what did Obama say about it? I didn't. What did Obama Was that the birth certificate era? No, forget about that. that I'm just I saying like. leading Re- up remember, to that. Remember, well, if I'm wrong, did Obama say the American dream is to be Donald Trump? No, probably. Was that 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 yeah, can you check. Google that? Yeah, yeah. Can we that, get that a fact a, check on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that might just be a fake meme that you know people push around because it sounds good for Trump. But, it, I mean, people did I thought be he, Trump. I thought he was a clown when he was going on about Obama's birth certificate. Yeah, potentially. Oh, I mean, that was so ridiculous for sure. But everybody watched The Apprentice. I remember when the birth certificate... Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the birth certificate thing was coming out, people were like, if you load the birth certificate into Photoshop, it creates layers. And I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. But then you have people like analyzing the video on YouTube and like, it's fake. And I'm like, do you really think if Barack Obama was going to fake it, he would he would forget to export properly? It's just, come on, dude. I'm just. I mean, if you put like pictures of you smoking crack and doing other terrible things on a laptop, would you just like leave it at a repair shop somewhere? It's worse. No. Than, it's guys, not, it's no. worse. It's, it's worse. worse guys. It's worse. You ready for this? It's yep. so bad. This Wait, is so exciting. Breaking? I love it. No, From no. SF Gate mm-hmm. in law school, Obama co-wrote a paper referring to Trump yes. as the American Dream. Booyah! <laughs> That's what's up. Born in the mind. Obama officially endorses Donald yes. Trump. Wow. As the American Dream. Wow. That's funny. That's amazing. I, I had not heard that. I can't important. believe I hadn't heard that until yeah. when Barack Obama was in Harvard Law School. He once alluded to businessman Donald Trump as representing the American Dream. Boom. That's from SF Gate. Done. Hmm. Certified. News I kind of disagree though because he was born into money. Isn't the dream coming from nothing and building like an empire? Oh, these details. Well, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of things you can talk about. How about his? Uh, his it was his grandfather started the business, right? As far mm-hmm. as I know, yeah. And yeah, so, isn't part of the American dream 
creating your family yeah making your family and your children better off Heck yeah man and now the american dream for a lot of people is what people don't realize about the american dream when these when these migrants come here and uh they 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 cram their whole family in a in a studio apartment five people and the dad is working 16 hour days that's the american dream that is the american dream the dream that you could leave a country with no upward mobility with class repression and dictatorship come here Cram your entire family into a tiny, awful living space, work 16 hours a day, and then your kid gets a better job. Hmm. Then they start a family, and they get to be a part of that wealthy American dream. People come here for capitalism. They yeah. don't come here Correct, for socialism. Sir. Jeez Louise, people. Mm -hmm. Can we get this straight? I do I do love the meme where it's like, how come no one's fleeing to Venezuela? Yeah. And the, the, only, the only real excuse you could typically get from socialists is, well, the United States caused those problems. And it's just like... Oh. Get lost. It's like you're, you're, you're telling me your solution is a magic, like your, your problem is with a magic wand. A nebulous statement doesn't mean anything. Just prove to me that the failed state of Venezuela was caused by American influence. I would like, I think, I thought it was the sanctions that put too much pressure on their government and they couldn't, it just broke their economy. But Why can't they support themselves with their own economy? I don't know. Why aren't they energy independent? Why aren't they able to grow well, their own food? They're small and they're like a jungle country. They were, they were the oh, wealthiest they country. On like a giant Dude. pile of oil. Yeah, but yeah, you can't extract it. It's, it's no why, 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 why can't, can't they, they extract it? They don't have the Boom, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true, dude. They na I, I'm, I, could be, dude. I could be wrong. So maybe, I guess maybe fact, I can fact uh, test this too. My understanding has been a long time. It's been six years since I went there. Was that they yeah. nationalized the oil industry so that we can share all the profits. Here's the good news. The people of Venezuela pay like ridiculously low costs for gasoline. Hmm. It's like really, really cheap. And they can't trade or do anything else. Because OPEC won't buy their oil. Is that what it is? And unless oh, they, of course. Unless they OPEC take oil. OPEC money. Yeah, they nationalized not... 1976. Yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. PDVSA. Mm -hmm. and, and they won't, they take the Boulevard. Wait, no, that's not. Boulevard, Boulevard Fuerte Boulevard. now, I think. Oh, is it? I don't know. They keep Boulevard changing Fuerte it. Yeah. They slice, one of, slice off like eight yeah. zero. <laughs> yeah. One of the ways yep. OPEC bullies countries with their oil is they make them sell their oil in U.S. dollars. Right. And if they yes. won't bow to that, then they like ostracize them. They'll put sanctions on the country and be like, you know, take our money or. So what's or, stopping the country I'm not from? Sure that's exactly right. But okay. well, it, it, yeah. the, the 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 international oil trade is in U.S. dollars. Correct. It's the but I don't oil, think yeah. that that's OPEC's decision. Yeah. Well. I think there's a lot more than just OPEC. I, I don't think it's OPEC's decision. It's probably, you'd be better off saying, I don't know, IMF or something. Jeez, how deep does it go? The bank well, for international, international settlements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. EIS. So I, I put it this way. I mean, there's, there's no reason whether there's sanctions or not, a country should fall into, into absolute chaos or whatever, because that, that implies that other countries just magically have the ability to be, to, to be successful and grow their own food on their own. And for some reason, this country can't do it. You know what I mean? Well, U.S. is very unique that it has such a landmass that it can grow crops and has oil and has uh, uranium. I think but that is, it doesn't explain why Venezuela has like 12 jobs in one cell phone store, right? So uh, when I went to Venezuela, this is like this, this is the easiest anecdote I can give to people. It's like, what's wrong with the country? I wanted to buy a cell phone. I It, wasn't, it was like six people. When, in the United States, when you want to buy a cell phone, you need to do, you walk into T-Mobile, and the lady walks up to you, and she's like, how can I help you? I'd like that phone. She's like, okay, let me go grab it from the back. She walks out, pants to you. It's this much a month. Here's how much it costs. And you go, awesome. And you sign the thing, and then she types the things in. Then she puts SIM card in. She calls. Boom, you got a cell phone. Yeah, so good. You know what it was like in Venezuela? I walked in. 
walked to the counter. I had, a, I had a translator and they showed me a list of all their phones. And I said this phone. And then they gave me a piece of paper and sent me to, you know, acquisitions. Then I went upstairs and went to someone showed it to them. They said, ah, okay. And then they went and came back with, with the phone. Then they, sh- then they, then they pointed me with, a, okay, gave me a slip, pointed me to, you know, planning. Then I went to another guy and he, he showed me the plans. Then I picked a plan. Then he wrote a piece of paper, gave, gave me this. Sounds I, like the DMV, I'm, I'm, dude. Yeah. It does. I'm not, oh, I'm not kidding. I was, I was laughing. It took two hours. It took two hours for me to get a phone. And then the last thing was the SIM card. And then finally it was the payment. And the dude who was with me, I was laughing and he was like, it's crazy, right? Because the government mandated these jobs. Everything slowed to a crawl and breaks. And you have people working jobs that don't do anything but reduce efficiency. And so like he's explaining to me, because the government has to mandate jobs because it's because of socialism, they just figure out ways to make people work in some way, even if it doesn't help. And so what they did was, okay, everyone's got a job now, even though your job literally makes the thing yeah, harder to do. One of the Federal Reserve's goals is to give everyone jobs, even if it means one guy's digging a hole, the other guy's filling, filling the hole the back hole. up. <laughs> they want them working so they're not focused on, you know, the debt machine that wants interest. Well, that's, 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 that's too much. Like, the Federal Reserve does a lot of things, but to say that they're trying to do that. Venezuela is literally a socialist government that had to figure out how to put everyone to work. It's whenever they're like, jobs, jo- I'm going to bring jobs back, jobs, 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 like what kind of job? A crappy job that, that is a guy digging a hole and the other guy's job is fill it? Yeah, like, but what's, what's a real example A job to that? go murder people in another country? Like, what's your job? Jobs doesn't mean it's good. There could be bad jobs that we need to get rid of. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the biggest problems we have is that we have a bunch of jobs that are intermediaries that don't do anything. You know? Or that do damage. Yeah, I think there, we're getting to a point where there are a lot of jobs that are remnants of, you know, a bygone era, for instance. Like, I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to call anyone's job specifically. I don't want to drag anybody that's, over their job that I might think is obsolete. But there's a lot of jobs that have been made obsolete by the Internet, by kiosks, for instance, you know, fast yeah. food and stuff. Yeah. So when you have a market-based economy that responds to price signals set by buyers and sellers, then we allocate our resources efficiently. That's why we like our system, because we are generally moving towards efficiency, even if we're not 100% efficient. We're moving towards efficiency. I want right. to back up a second, mm-hmm. though. Talk about these empathy triggers that we were talking about empathy early. Trigger? We were talking about the way that they create these tribes, right? The tribes of the other and the good oh, yeah. and the bad yep. and the way that people uh, absorb information and then believe something without understanding it. Uh, it's because we're being sorted now into tribes based on empathetic triggers. So think about it. You see a video. And one person, if you're in this tribe, you feel a certain way about, you know, George Floyd and the knee on the neck or whatever. Or you see a video of somebody coming out of a store with loot in their hand and you get an emotional trigger. If you believe in Black Lives Matter and all the thing and you see somebody looting, you're like, yeah, man, you know, just destroy, get it, whatever. But if you're on, on the right side, you see that and you just feel immediately like rage. And so we're just being bombarded constantly with these images that are supposed to elicit this emotional response out of us that's like deeper than than our voice or our speaking or our, our, our self-talk, right? It's empathy is in dogs and animals and chickens and whatever. It's in us too. It predates language. So we can communicate with each other through empathetic triggers. And that's what's happening with social media, with the videos, with the internet. And we're all being completely sorted based on our res- empathetic responses to the same kind of images. And that's why it also triggers this hate as well and there's just no reasoning behind it you can't reason people out of it when they're responding on a level that's like below language oh yeah reason breaks down if you're taking empathy Mm -hmm. well when you when you get angry you're you you don't think logically 
So there was a, a I was reading the story once about it was like a U.S. naval vessel that was sank, and all the soldiers, you know, or sailors fled to the life rafts. And then one guy, everyone's freaking out. He pulled out a service weapon, dismantled it, took out all the bullets, and then gave everyone a part and said, "Shut up, we're going to rebuild this." And then everyone was confused, and he's like, "Shut up, we're rebuilding it. Go." And then they had to piece it together. And that was a survival training to put people back in a logical state of mind to get them out of the rage, the panic mode. So then they start thinking, I have to wait for my name to be called. So it puts them in a systematic. That allowed them to think clearly and rationally, come up with a plan, and and survive longer. That's very smart. That's actually a fantastic stress like management that. tool yep. right yep. there. But Assigning that, everybody a piece, saying how to call like your name. Giving people jobs. <laughs> kind of does. Yeah. So, okay, if our... People love jobs, I, I want to keep talking about what you're talking about, but I want to talk about, say this real quick, that if, like in the Matrix, it looks like if, if we were automating jobs away and it's going to like what is our job now talking into a camera or whatever and then in the future like what's your job just give using the heat that your body produces to create electricity and then they put them in tanks and you're just plugged in that was so dumb by yeah, the way but that was like was, their their job became just to produce heat their body yeah. like and yeah. maybe that is our ultimate jobs well think i mean look to be fair the that dude i forgot his name in the matrix who wants to go back in Right, yeah. the guy with the steak and the red wine yeah, and the red yeah, dress. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, just put the red dress. Cipher. <laughs> Cipher, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, what, what is... What Joey is, Pantalone. What, yeah, what, exactly. What was the joke he said? You know why everything tastes like chicken? Because the machines never had real meat before, so they just make everything taste like chicken. Something, something like that. But I, 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 I empathize with that, with that idea that they, he's just put me in the machine where I just generate heat and get to live a normal life. You know, what's the point of being flushed out into the netherworld of, you know, weird robots and eating sludge and stuff? For me, I'm all about freedom, though. I was going to say, where yeah. would you go? I, I've already established that I'm comfortable being other and counterculture, and I like to resist the mainstream sort of uh, themes. Would you want to be in the Matrix or would you want to be in the in the spaceship trying to find Zion and save the world and free everybody from the yeah. Matrix? Where would you be? Red wine, red dress, red steak? No. I'll tell you what, man. You know the best part about uh, getting out of the Matrix is? You can control your own virtual realities if you're outside of it. So the people who were in it were doting about normal lives with limited control, but it was like calming, I guess. Because that was one of the points the, the, rope, the, the Smith made in, in, in uh, the Matrix, that they gave humans paradise and humans rejected it because it was not normal. But the people who leave the Matrix mm. can have that thing go into their heads or whatever, and then they can create their own little virtual world. So it's kind of like, hey, I'll tell you what, man. You get to go out. Life's not easy. I'm okay with life not being easy. And then, but then you get really awesome breaks where you can learn kung fu instantly and stuff. <laughs> I got to show everyone this comic. Oh, snap. He's a guy, and he's got a, it's a packet of it says silica gel, do not eat. And he goes, those silica gel industry big shots can't tell me what to do. And then he eats it. The next one is him with like a cap on with electrodes, and he's like shocked. And there's two doctors, and one says, congratulations, you've escaped the simulation. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. Don't eat silica gel. Silica Don't gel. do it. <laughs> Tide pods, so Industry gel. big shots can't tell me what to do. Okay. Now, going back to empathy triggers. Yes. I think social media and these algorithms are yes. exacerbating that corralling. Definitely. A hundred percent. And it's, it's, it's gone beyond... Um, political networking it's gone beyond emergent political networks but like hong kong or chile or france or whatever now we're moving into tribes bro it's the aliens Tri- do you think so because if our brains <laughs> no, are receivers check this out you know your brain's like a bunch of neurons of electricity that's very sensitive to other electricity and you know what if 
something's beaming something to no. our brains. Like if obviously the sun's beaming light to us, but what if there's the galactic core or something or some more intelligent Federation. vibration is like interacting with our brain and they're more like radio transmitters that are they're tuned in to the right frequency and then behaving the way that the free and so when and you're writing information people... and your brain is like growing, you're actually writing a new uh nah. tuning uh, shape that's receiving different information. That's just wildly speculative. It's like it, it, the, the joke I was making was <laughs> of like, course, yeah. you're talking about how we're being corralled. And I was just like, like sheep, yes. we're being corralled like sheep. Like someone yes. is, you know, they got, they got a stick and they're flapping it and there's like a dog running around and barking at us. And we're going, ah, and we're all running into little corrals where we're being neatly tribalized. But w what's also happening, talking about empathy triggers, it's interesting. People who are likely to get angry, People who are likely to get sad, people who are likely to get angry at X, people who are likely to get angry at Y are all being put in bubbles that can be mapped out. So these data networks are really interesting where they take they, they do visualizations of Twitter and you'll see Democrats and Republicans and like Republicans smaller, but like really tightly packed, meaning they agree more with each other and the Democrats are very spread out. And so what happens is it's like you were saying, you show someone a picture of, you know, George Floyd. Some people react X, some people react Y, and they all immediately cluster. And now we've created, we've, we've strengthened the borders around the different types of people, the different emotional reactions, all neatly packaged and quantified. The joke I was making was that aliens are shepherding <laughs> us. I don't think but aliens are shepherding But why would us. we be doing that to ourselves? Accidentally. We're not a smart. Is there such a thing as an accident? Well, yeah, yeah. well, 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 well. The, the, the systems evolved to do whatever we thought they were going to do. We created this social media network. DARPA started on it, whatever. We got here. But now these are, it's like emergent phenomenon. You know, people figure out something that works. And then people repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. So in a way, we're, we are doing it to ourselves on purpose. And then the meme makers, the meme magicians, the people that control narrative, they are definitely doing it on purpose. Okay, 100%. So, well, so, so, so I've been thinking about... That's what we're doing. Especially, right, for sure. So, like, uh, my main channel is, like, typically Democrats are doing this, and I don't like them for these reasons. But, you know, I've, I've, I've thought long and hard. I'm like, first of all, I do think there's criticism towards me, same as any other partisan who's producing content because they're focused on something they don't like. But what I think it is, it's not that uh, I'm making things up. No, 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 no. The Democrats are doing screwed up things. Nancy Pelosi got uh, Republicans to cave on the COVID relief bill. And even Jake Tapper and Wolf Blitzer were like, why won't you say yes? But why is Nancy Pelosi refusing to say yes? For, for, for tribal reasons where she's like, but Trump did this. I'm not going to let him win on this. So then I see that and I go, harumph. Then she gets mad. And so there's a back and forth where arguably, you know, different pockets of, you know, of other tribes are morally justified in certain things. And then people are getting outraged at the other. You know what I mean? It's a tit for tat. It's a, it's a never ending cycle of. But you did screw us over on COVID relief. I am mad about that. Republicans didn't do that. And then Nancy Pelosi does something. But the tribalists defend her and ignore what she's doing because they're more mad about Donald Trump and his reaction to COVID. And so then they complain about Trump and COVID. You see how like this yeah. machine keeps churning. Yeah. And, and the influencers, the people that are driving this i like to consider them and i got this from john robb who is a networks analyst and a special forces guy wrote a great book brave new war you should check it out 
And uh, he he and I have been had a lot of conversations, and one of the things we've, we've come to the conclusion is that the influencers, the leaders, were were narrative curators, right? So like information is everywhere and ubiquitous. In fact, there's so much of it we don't want it. There's there's, there's too much information, and it's completely irrational to think that individuals are going to be able to sort through all that information and figure out what's what. So an easier, more efficient way of sorting people and getting people into places through these empathetic triggers, and then the people that can control the large groups, they're the the ones that can curate these empathetic triggers and curate narrative in a way that ha- causes people to coalesce. And once you control the narrative and can control these empathetic triggers, you can literally control masses of people, millions of people, mobs in the street, go to war, vote for this guy, change the country, go that direction through. I mean, it sounds so silly. Remember 2016, people are like, oh, I survived the meme war. I'm a meme war. Veteran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. It seems so silly then. But actually, if you think about it now, it's actually very, very apt. I, I believe it is fair to say that 4chan memed Trump and the presidency. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm not saying they got him every single vote, but they got Trump votes. The Pepe picture with Trump's hair was really there. Cute. There were funny things that would pop up that someone would see, and then someone else would would laugh and be like, "Make your own, laugh, join the fun." And people were laughing and sharing memes, and it probably got a bunch of people who are like probably mid to late twenties who are like, "You know what? I like what I'm here, and I like what I'm seeing. This is fun. It's fun. I'm having a good time." And those memes. Swung opinions. Definitely. Swung votes. I mean, you know as well as I do, and you had Alun Bakari here. He knows as well, too, that, I mean, dude, there, magic. there is a connection between Gamergate, 4chan, the issues on 4chan, people coming onto Twitter, all these people who are on these on 4chan coming onto Twitter finally, the whole Gamergate fiasco, and literally that was the trajectory that sort of led to the meme magic that brought Trump into power. I was, I was talking to somebody, a friend of mine, about... Uh, the split, you know, like the, the tribal cultural warfare stuff. And she was telling me, you know, if we bring people together, we can end this. And I was like, uh, I hate to be pessimistic, but I don't think you can bridge that divide anymore. Mm-hmm. I, but the split happened, you know, in the late 2000s. What ends up happening is, it's like I was saying, you know, like I'll see them do something and say, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this. I think the Republicans are bad, but can you believe what, they're, what the Democrats are doing? Like especially COVID relief is so important. They're blaming Mitch McConnell. Oh, I'll criticize Mitch McConnell for adjourning the Senate until the 9th. I think they should have done something, but the problem was Nancy Pelosi would not accept them constantly giving her what she wanted. So if you go all the way back in time, Gamergate stuff before that, how did this Gamergate happen? It was a a gradual tit-for-tit. Tribes were slowly forming, and then, uh, I've mentioned this several, several times, CGP Grey has a great video called This Video Will Make You Angry, explains how the the, the memes and the, the, the arguments are not made, so he's like, consider it like, one side are butterflies and one side are flowers. They actually help each other become more angry and, and, and extreme in their views. Because what happens is the, you know, one side, they all argue with each other about the other side. So you have both sides festering and bouncing ideas around about each other and never actually crossing over and talking to each other. So that just makes the, the divide get crazier and crazier and crazier. And then every day people say them, them, them and complain about them. And everybody's doing it. And everybody feels justified in doing it, myself included. Yeah. And if you remember, you know, people that have transitions like myself and others that went Democrats to deplorable on Amazon.com. If you if you have a transition, usually it's because of some sort of traumatic experience that happens to you. Something so bad has to happen that you are willing to let go of your ego attachment to your mental framework and you're willing to re willing to reconsider a different perspective. And what I am concerned about 
right now, and I've just witnessed it by tipping, dipping my toe back into Facebook and talking to my old normie friends, is that it, what traumatic experience is going to happen to them in order to have them shake free of their ego attachment to this mental framework that's been inserted into their brain? Unfortunately, if it's not an individual instance, it's going to have to be a national instance. And, and man, I, you know, who knows what that's going to be or I, how, when it's going to happen. You can bridge the divide, alien vision. You know, I talked about that with yeah, John, probably not, John Rob, but you know, <laughs> some of us are gonna want to just shoot, nuke them, you know, from you know, nuke them nuke in, in orbit. orbit, yeah, nuke them in it's, orbit, <laughs> or and some of them are gonna welcome them. Others are gonna think, I mean, I, it's gonna I, I, we'll know, be divided then too. You know, what I think it'll be the aliens will be, you know, they'll have some kind of uh, ideology called, you know, Glorbobism, and mm. Americans are gonna be like, we welcome the aliens, but they gotta assimilate if they want to come here. And the left is going to be like, they come with wonderful technology across the stars. I think we can hear out their idea, you know, and get, and be well. That's, it's always going to be the same things. I thought there was a moment that COVID was going to be the aliens that brought us together back in the end of February, early March. That United lasted, against China. That la- yeah, you know, that lasted for like, I don't know, four seconds. Hominids yeah. like evolved, you know, like Homo sapien is new relatively. We used to be all kind of different hominid. I think it's like 40,000 years or something. And then we annihilated the other hominids. So yeah, even, even the other Don't, Homo sapiens sapiens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, like um, Neanderthals, uh, Homo florensis. Like we just killed Homo, Homo sapiens sapien was a sub. Uh, there's like subset, seven right? other Homo sapiens sapiens out there. I think that they and they died off. So if we don't bridge the gap, I think that part of us are going to evolve and then hopefully not annihilate the old, old ones, but. This is, this is an interesting argument about who would ultimately win in a, in a major conflict, the collectivists or the uh, individualists. And there's a good argument for the collectivists. You think? Absolutely. But they've uh, lost every single time like so far. AI. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, mm, it's tough. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Well, you have to come together. I, that's to why I said war. there's a good argument, not a definitive Well, right. Fight, but fighting for other people or fighting for yourself, which happens to benefit other people, is a very powerful difference and a very powerful but so, distinction. So why is Antifa allowed to continue this, this you know, reign of terror? Oh, well, that's easy because they, people love the destruction. They love the distraction. They, they, have, have, they want to be able to blame Donald Trump for but the bad but listen, things. Like, they've got allies that act in concert and protect each other. Whereas, you know, so the media is absolutely defending Antifa and, and Black Lives Matter rioters. Now, journalists will talk about the riots for sure, but there are major components of, say, like the New York Times that will justify it. There's, there's bo- uh, the book In Defense of Looting. They have powerful media allies. And the thing is, the really simple way to put it is, when I say that journalists will cover the riots, those journalists are allied with the activist journalists who defend Antifa overtly, not with conservative media. Mm-hmm. So there was a story I was reading uh, earlier from a San-, San Antonio Express, I think it was, about Project Veritas' expose on, expose on the uh, voter fraud stuff. And the whole thing was just ridiculously uh, poisoned well. Like, Veritas released a heavily edited video. He, they've been accused of deceiving and running smear campaigns. Like, before they even told you what they saw, they were making sure you hated Veritas. That is mainstream media allied with the activists. If a conservative outlet publishes news, mainstream establishment media typically says, go F yourself. That's the power of collectivism. Mm. So conservatives do have their, their collective. It's, it's true. There's like interesting moments where conservatives form collectives and we're seeing rallies for Trump and stuff like that. 
But what's interesting now is it's it, there. There are things that look like collective behavior that are really just emergent phenomenon and emergent networks that have people who have temporarily, momentarily aligned interests, and therefore they're willing to work in concert with other people in order to achieve this goal that they have in common. And once the goal dissipates, then the, the alliance dissipates. The goal moves. Well, that's true. Yeah. Especially, yep. Talk about. I, I, I that's why they're not free, for free speech anymore. That's why it was the left protesting the World Trade Organization, the battle in Seattle, and now they're in favor of international trade. That's why the Democrats used to say we need to regulate, and now you've got all these Democrats saying, "But my private platform." Their tribe just said we are going to realign in this direction, and it's funny because it was a tit for tat. Republicans have a real reason to want Section 230 reform on big tech. Because their, their constituents are getting banned for saying innocuous things like learn to code. The Democrats then must take the immediate opposite reaction of, but my private platform, no, you, we should agree on this. Yeah. But no, it's, it's always about being the other and the goal moves. Well, if you want to throw out one major criticism of Donald Trump is that he did not move quickly or with enough strength or with enough force to actually protect the people that helped him get elected over social media in 2016, 2015, etc. And it's a little too little, a little too late. It's because the rest of the senators are all taken by corporate interests, moneyed interests. Nobody really, really wants to implement antitrust. No one really wants to crack down on the corporations. They're all getting money from him and if trump had actually been smarter about this earlier on then it would have trump, actually helped him quite a bit trump could have done one thing he could have just signed up for mines <laughs> I'm, I'm but i mean it yeah i was with bill ottman uh co-founder along with ian of mines co-founder of mines mm -hmm. i had no idea i'm oh, yeah. on mines let's do it let's do it so uh i was with bill we went to the white house it was a social media summit oh yeah and someone said will you sign up for a alternate platform and trump said which one and a bunch will start saying things, and it's like, well, I don't care what it is. I say mine's Ian's in the room. Gab, hmm. parlor. But they're not shoot. free software. They are but, also but alternate. The, what, the what free I'm saying, software is a big deal. All I'm saying is, if Trump right now posted something saber-rattling, you know, oh, those Russians are in China, and he put it on mines, the media would be forced to report about it. And then all of a sudden, people would, it would be massive press for a new platform that would attract massive user bases, and it would offset the, 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 the monopoly held by these other, what was it called, the big three, I guess? Facebook, big five or whatever? Twitter, and YouTube? Google. Oh. Google. Is it Google? YouTube. YouTube, YouTube Twitter, yeah, yeah, and Facebook. Yeah, the, the big social networks. So Trump could snap his fingers and just totally, you know Twitter was dying before Trump came. Twitter was losing users. They didn't know what they were going to do, and then Trump came along. And then Trump started tweeting, and they loved it. Yeah. And it was great, and started bringing all these people to Twitter. And that actually, to be fair, that's the one thing I think Trump inadvertently has to take. Uh, well, he, I, I will, I will. What's the right way to phrase this? It's not his fault personally, but the action did lead to the mass tribalization through Twitter and the fighting and all this stuff. Like, if Twitter just went away, we'd be a lot better off. But now we've created this, you know, this battlefield for the culture war, which is Twitter. And people are mean on purpose to earn points. Mm. I can say the nastiest thing. I get retweets. I get likes. People like it when I'm nasty. Ooh, and everyone, everyone yeah. does it. Anyway, I digress. Trump could just sign up for any one of these things, and it would have just totally shut down the bias. If Trump said, Twitter just censored a bunch of my, my supporters, so I'm going to go sign up and exclusively post on, post on this platform, Twitter would be like, no, 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 we're going to reinstate them. We're going to, please, we're, we're, we're dying. Twitter's stock was tanking. It was totally tanking years ago. And if Trump just said, I will leave right now and go post here, Twitter would have been like, we're so sorry, uh, Donald. We're going to unban. It was a mistake. Um, 
all of these people, Milo and Alex Jones, are, are welcome back on the platform. And um, we're just trying to protect speech. It would happen. That makes me think that, you know, that part of the Trump phenomenon was him just getting on the right wave at the right time. You mm. know, it's like a balance. Is it really just is he, is he like a super genius and he was able to, like, make all this happen? Or was he just perfectly crafted to ride the wave at the right time? Because this is a major a major issue that could have been resolved. He's and, he's he's not the cause of. And I've said yeah. it a lot. He, he's 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 a symptom of the existing cultural yeah. the culture, the growing culture or whatever it is. And a lot of people, I mean, PC was a big issue for a lot of Trump supporters. When I traveled around in 2015 and 16, I went to a Trump rally and it was, I think it was Janesville, Wisconsin. Maybe it was just near Janesville. And I talked to some young guys, early 20s, late, you know, late teenagers, and they were Trump supporters. And I said, what brings you out here? And they were like, the PC culture stuff is just getting crazy. These are guys who grew up on South Park and Family Guy, man. They make really offensive jokes about, you know, Jewish people and gay people and black people. That's like we were all raised on this kind of really offensive humor. Yeah. The Family Guy, I, I could be wrong about this story, but I remember one of the reasons for their cancellation was that they had an episode called When You Wish Upon a Weinstein. <laughs> and it was Peter finds like a, he, tra- he tracks on a Jewish guy and then says, I need help with my accounting. And he's like, how did you know that I'm an accountant? And then, he, you know, he makes a joke. So this is so I don't, I don't know if that's why they got canceled, but it was like a lost episode and they brought it back. You got these young guys who grew up on that. And so that leads them to supporting Trump. The memes, the offensive jokes, all that stuff. And interestingly, same rally, the the older working class guys who are like mid to late 40s were saying factories, trade deals. And I even met some of these guys who were pro-Bernie before, you know, Bernie dropped, like got knocked out and then they went to Trump. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I did a survey and 90 percent of people that voted for Donald Trump in this survey cited one reason as a response to political correctness. You know, that's not a myth. That's a real thing. And it's it's about people feeling stifled and not able to just be who they are, just be crass or just make jokes or whatever. It just was a, it was a big deal for people. It still is. So this is interesting because so long as you have Trump, who is the S poster in chief and he can say bombastic stuff then we can be ourselves because we're not nearly as crazy as Trump is. You know what I mean? When Trump goes up there and he says all this, you know, stuff, you know that your worst is not as bad as Trump has been at certain points. Like when he called Rosie O'Donnell fat pig. Um, So he's been he's been a lot better. He's the foil in in like literary liturgy. He would be the foil. He's he's actually gotten a lot better. I remember at at a a rally recently, he was like, I'm not going to say it because they're going to get mad at me if Mm -hmm. I do. And I was like, there he goes. He's trying to tone it down a little bit. Speaking of people feeling what, what, what word did you use not oppressed but uh stifled yeah. and not wanting to feel stifled he wants to open up the economy and biden Definitely. wants to keep it shut down talking about stifling well, so, people. so so right right that's a good point this is why i bring up the uh the pc stuff and what he was said was saying because now cancel culture is worse than ever like worse it's it's worse than the ever. worst i've ever seen it yeah. in my life yeah like what the, they're going so after weird. joe rogan right now because he had alex jones on dude they should let milo back onto twitter what the was Milo was a, a troublemaker. He's a troublemaker. Yeah, he well, lost, he him, lost, well oh, for sure, for ban sure. his account if he violated, but let him make a new account. What the? Yeah, I was missing Milo the other day, so I dug up an old post I remembered of his and I tweeted it out. It was titled like "An Update on My Fame" or something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it was just him talking about how he has like three hundred thousand followers and this many YouTube views and da 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 da. But it really was a, a thoughtful piece on about why independent media is very important, and it's not Milo that they're concerned about. It, he even said. 
it is the people that come after Milo that they're really worried about, people that are free, emboldened, able to speak their mind, rabble-rousers, troublemakers, etc. And uh, this piece just cracked me up, so I, I, I dug it up from like 2016, tweeted it out the other day, and all the people that were with me from back then, they, they remember the nostalgia of the Milo Twitter days, which yeah, you know, that's when I got on board Golden Twitter, days, really. It, was, it really was. You know, it was, it was, it was fun. It really was. YouTube in 2006 was crazy before (laughs) Google bought them. You could say anything. Dude, the bulletin board system I had in 1986. Now that was badass. We had, we had two lines. People could call in at the same time. It was amazing. Wow. 9,600 baud, bro. Oh, BBS. What year was that, dude? I mean, it was like 90. Yeah. Late, late eighties, early nineties. Wow. It was like, Oh, sorry to interrupt. No, no, oh, ahead. yeah, YouTube encouraged the anti-war movement in 2000. Like, they were so hey, on board. Chad remember, Hurley, we should get Chad Hurley on Remember the show. when Philip DeFranco hosted Gary Johnson? No. I think it was Gary Johnson, was it? He he did a big thing with YouTube election night where they had, like, Gary Johnson come in. YouTube knew at that point, like, back then, that they were an alternative space to the mainstream. Yeah. And they reveled in it. Now YouTube is the mainstream, and they're scared of losing the position, so they're banning whoever, whenever. They did a big purge recently of what they called like QAnon or, or conspiracy channels. Not all of them were, but they don't have the voice or the or the or the PR ability to do anything about it. So smaller channels, so smaller accounts are getting nuked every day. That's if right. if so, when they, they like they could ban someone who's moderately big, and then it creates a big uproar. Then they go, okay, okay, you know, oops, there's a mistake, and then they keep doing the same thing. Yeah, they're just trying to avoid the controversy. Yeah, I've been I've been posting more videos to my YouTube channel that it's been going well, and but yet there's always this nagging thought in the back of my mind. It's like, how much investment should I really put in this? Go all the way. I am going all the way. I'm going full Do blown it. Jack Murphy live on YouTube. It's a <laughs> lot of fun, and the videos have been very well received. Tim's audience has been tremendous in coming by yeah, everybody and, loves you, and man. leave and support. Yeah, they all say, Tim sent me. They love your beard you. and they love well, Tom I mean, you're Segura. Sending, you're sending <laughs> them. we got to get Jack and Tom Segura in the room. Yes, Why? we do. They look so they look much really alike. Every bone structure, their voices are... Every similar. other comment is about Tom, Tom Segura. Segura. Tom, I have, no, I have no idea who you are, dude, but everybody in Tim's comments thinks Rogan's that we look alike. Good friends. Married to Christina P., Oh, they have cool. a your mom's house is Must their po- is their show. Guy. Check out your mom's house so this, on YouTube. This is interesting about the Joe Rogan thing with the cancel culture stuff is that they uh, Spotify has an email that got leaked to BuzzFeed where they said we're not going to like take action against this channel because they hosted a guest. It's like on their own show. You know, Spotify saying we can't do anything Good. about it. And they said sometimes people might actually want to flag violations of our community guidelines, but this show does not violate those guidelines. So don't just flag things because of what you heard in the press. Oh, so did did the uh, Alex Jones interview go out on Spotify? Yeah, no, it yeah, did. Yeah, oh, it went out on Spotify. Well, you I say, mean, I'm, you say I'm, of course, but they they like didn't load up the back catalog of those. I episodes. guess Joe said that was because they they were corrupted. The files were corrupted. Which <laughs> I know it sounds I know, really weird, weird right? right? Especially episode nine one one. Really? Snap. Yeah. Was that what? was that a, the first Alex Jones episode? Was Joe Rogan nine one one? Oh, what was so it nine eleven? That was when they I would love to go so deep on 9/11 because I have a lot of information about the conspiracies of 9/11, ah, the I, I, nanothermite I've, and other no, crazy. I've read I've read so much about it, stuff. and I think a lot of the, the problem with online conspiracy stuff is that, and and this is what I've said about Alex Jones, they, if you connect, like imagine you have a big uh, connect the dots puzzle picture, and there's like 10,000 dots, 
And if you connect them in the proper order, it's an elephant. Hey. hey. But if it's a bunch of random dots and you start connecting them, you could draw an alligator. Yeah. A really crude one, but you'd be like, it was an alligator the whole time. And it's like, no, <laughs> look, the, the, the other things. You're missed, you didn't connect the, the dots. I don't know how, how much we're allowed to talk about 9-11 on YouTube and stay monetized. None. None I just don't at all. at all. Yeah, I never have. Not at all. Yeah, you, you bring it up. Yeah. It's instant demonetization. That's crazy. Yeah, because they actually have a specific category for discussing modern acts of terror. Yeah, and it's yep. like it was the instigation for this entire war in the Middle East. We're not talking about 9-11. That's right, Ian. No, I didn't even bring it up. No, no. <laughs> I worked there at Ground Zero. Wow. I was, I was a, 10 feet away from the pile. I didn't walk up on it because I didn't have clearance. I heard Donald Trump was down there. He totally was. And there was like, yeah, he was. There, it's funny because they try and claim it's false, I guess. They do this thing with fact-checking where they're like, Donald Trump claims that he was on the ground shortly after 9/11, the 9-11 uh, you know, attacks occurred. With a big bucket of chocolate ice cream. And then you're like, ah, 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 wait, wait. And there's a picture of him down there. But then they're like, he actually wasn't there. And it's like, there's a picture of him down there. Right. I'm not, I, I don't know what the actual story is. Like he was helping or something. I don't know. Yeah. So Britney the, Spears came down. And so played. the official story on the Spotify, not, not, uh, uh, migrating the older Alex Jones episodes was that the files were corrupted. I think that's what Joe said. And Gavin too. I think Joe said that the files were corrupted. To be fair. Um, there are often times that we stream and like, for some reason, the recording corrupts. Yeah, dude. It's annoying. And then we'll try to go to YouTube to download it and it's grayed out and I can't do anything about it. Mm. And then I'll try to, like, the video will play the full two hours and then I'll go to like one of these YouTube downloading sites and try and download it and it won't work. Mm. So, you know, we, what I have to do, I have to screen capture the whole show and let it play because it's there. The file's there. If you want to let me download it. I'll say this. It happens. You know, we've had that problem. You can tell because we've had a bunch of episodes that were like really low res. True. Because we had we had a recording error where for some reason it, it was not recording properly. Way to fix it. So it, it's me. it's true. This could have happened to Joe. The yeah. only issue is that it was like very specific people who yeah. like didn't make it. Yeah. But look, look, I think I got sent an email uh, from I actually a couple people are pointing out that Joe Rogan's guest list, like all of a sudden Alex Jones disappeared from it. And they were like, it's Spotify. They're coming after him. And then he had Alex Jones on. Right, and now yeah. they're all mad about it, and he's, he he did what he he was planning on doing. I don't know. He's gonna he's gonna host. We want to host. Maybe there were more corrupted files too. I didn't really get the full disclosure where they're like ton, were like thirty, forty, fifty episodes, and then Alex was one of them. Yeah, and Gavin was one of them. I don't know. I don't know. I I think I wonder if you know we had Enrique Tario on this show, and I was I was wondering. I was like, are they gonna ban me? Are they gonna be like, oh no, he's platforming these guys? I'm like, I don't I don't care because you know look. I have my limits, I suppose. I'm, I'm sure we'll find them when it happens. But I think if someone's extremely relevant to the conversation, you, we talk to them about it. Yeah. And it was, it was absurd to me that the journalists were saying, don't interview the Proud Boys. I'm like, let, first of all, let me tell you something. I'm an American. Yeah. You know, you I know, thought this was a miracle. You know, you know what happens <laughs> when you come to me and tell me not to do something? Guess what? There's this really great story. This is our space leave. There's, there's, this is our space <laughs> yeah. There's this really great story, check it out, where uh, some dude... His friend put a Trump sign in his yard to mess with him because the guy was like not super political. And then so the guy was just like, I don't feel like moving it. My friend put it in to kind of screw with me because he knew like, oh, you got a Trump flag. But then the city came and we're like, take that flag, that sign down. And he was like, what? what? <laughs> so he put up like 30 of them. Oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> right. He was like, you tell me what. It... Exactly. Right. He said, I never care what sign in the first place, but you come to me and tell me what to do. And I'm going to do the opposite. Look, Tim, I, I want to give you kudos, man. I think it's a great idea to have people on from both sides of the aisle. I think it's a great idea to have people on that are don't agree with you. Uh, I think it is a, an in intellectual necessity to ask, inquire and try to understand people who think differently than you do. So 
Good for you, and, dude. I really appreciate that. But you know the other thing, too, is, like, if you think you don't need to hear the other side's arguments... Yeah, then you're the douchebag. Mm-hmm. You, boy, you're, you're, that's arrogant, dude, because I tell you yeah. this. I think it's true that the left's got some things right, the right's got some things right. Right now, I just think the left has got most of it wrong. Yeah. And well, so it, can, it, it changes. I remember back during Occupy... When, like I mentioned the story about the cops throwing the National Lawyers Guild against the car. In that instance, the National Lawyers Guild guy was innocent. And the cops were seriously violating his rights. I've seen stuff like that happen before. Today, the National Lawyers Guild is overtly defending one ideology Indeed. that are targeting the police and throwing bricks and Molotovs. And it's, it's like, I, I, I hear from a lot of journalists, they're like, you know, I, I have friends who are still reporting and they're like, the cops are still doing these things. And I'm like, dude, you can't for 40, you know, for 50 nights. I think it was 30, 36 or 38 when they kept going to the federal court building and breaking in. And then complain the cops are arresting you and trying to clear the area. If you're walking down the street on a night of protest and the cops arrest you, by all means, I respect your right to complain. And, you know, depending on the circumstances. But after 38 nights and you bring a blowtorch to cut a lock, you're like, but the police are are trying to arrest journalists now. It's like, or are they just like, it's been 38 nights and we've got to put an end to this? Like there are limits. There's there's reasonable, uh, uh, you know, limits or whatever. But I think uh, things change. You know, the, the, the early in, early 90s cancel culture was very much a right wing thing, you know, shutting down the rappers, explicit labels and all that stuff. And we talked yeah. about the, the, sister. The, the religious moral authoritarians. And yeah. now it's now it's the left. Yeah. And for me, it's like. If if you don't listen to this other side, I think it's I think I, I think it's a fear thing that you might actually find out that your worldview has holes in it. Totally. And or you'll get rewired or something. You're teaching the kids bad information. There, there, there are certainly things that, like, you know, we could bring in someone that could say something really, really awful for sure. But I mean, look, you got to have charismatic mental, way. You have like, to have mental fortitude, right? And so I'll say this: if you have blind spots, you need someone to, to, you know, challenge you so you can figure out what those are. Steel Manning better than straw manning. So a, a steel man argument is when you take the strongest argument from your opponent and go after it, as opposed to a straw man, which you can knock down very easily. And also, you need to know your enemy, not that. People on the other side of the aisle are your enemy, but it's like Sun Tzu art of war stuff. Know thy enemy. If you want to win a war, you got to know what and, they and think, but, how but, they but, think, me, where they are, what me, they're going to do. And I'll say one more thing. Imagine you're like lifting weights. You're trying to get ripped and you're like, I'm going to use smaller weights today. That'll help. It won't. <laughs> right. It won't. Talking to the same people, the same opinions and never being challenged is like trying to lift weights, but you're going smaller instead of bigger. Yeah. Bring on those challenges. I, I, again, kudos for that. I've tried to do the same. I invited a Democrat onto my show uh, and we had the interview and it was fantastic. And I was really excited to release it. It was a different perspective than mine, but we found some common ground. And uh, I got a, a, a phone call from him panicked later. And he's like, dude, you can't release it. Don't release it. What? Don't release it because he was afraid that the people around him in his universe were going to whatever cancel him for appearing on my, I didn't know it was a right wing. Did you release it? Right. No, I did not release it. I'm mm-hmm. itching to release it because it's so good. I think you're obligated to release it. I don't think so. Well, maybe you how, can. How do I, how do I disrespect my guests like that? I can't. I think, I think, I think I have a different perspective from you. If I brought someone in here, they're like, I want to be on your show. I'll do your show. And then later we're like, no, 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 I don't. I'll be like, no, 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 dude. Did it. I dedicated my time to you. I made you guarantees. I gave you a space. You spoke. You got scared later. You can't put me out like that. I feel that. I read the book. I spent 15 hours prep. I was very detailed. And you don't know if anything's actually going to happen. He's just freaking out. And it's not fair to you. Like there's two, there's two pieces of this equation. I agree. 
I agree. But I also want to invite, I want to be able to invite other people on the show too. But so what's the argument then? Like some guy says, I once, you know, was, was, did you invite him or did he? I invited him. So I was once invited to a show I agreed to be on and spent time on and then later regretted doing it and he published it. Hmm. People are going to be like, then just don't, don't go on the show. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the police. I mean, we're live. So I mean, like, once you're in the chair, you're in the chair and everybody can see you. You know, this is something that I talked about with friends and advisors. Like, should I release it? Should I release it? And, you know, what they said to me was like, look, you know, you want to be able to invite other people on the show. You want people to know that you treat them fairly. You want to be respectful to these other people. Yes, it was disrespectful to me. It wasted a lot of my time and energy. But you have an agreement. And And you didn't change the terms of that agreement. I did not. And... And it also just feeds into this culture, right? right? It just feeds into this fearful culture. We could have been an example uh, of like how to have communication across the aisle in a productive way and find common ground. I think finding the common ground might have been the part that scared him the most. I think you. I think you're obligated to put it up. I think you should talk to him and get him to agree to put it up. I tried. Dude, I tried put to put it up. Circle, I don't, no, back no, that, that, no, no, I, I take offense to that. You, you don't have to. You don't have to. He doesn't have to. Have he, to. He, he already agreed to do your show. He did your show, and you did work and took time out of your life to get it done. And now he's coming back to you with regret, saying, "No, don't." Yeah. No, no, no. The agreement was made. The conditions were met. We did it. It's done. It's going up. You can't. After all of that, like imagine someone comes to you and says, "I want you to spend, you know, a week building me a doghouse," and then as soon as you do it, they walk up and say, "Nah, I'm gonna knock it over and destroy it." You're yeah. like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Tim's, Tim's bullying me into releasing this <laughs> podcast. Listen, listen. Do it, man. Imagine a culture <laughs> where every single time you did an interview, afterwards they went, "No." Yeah. How well, many? It's, it, this would be like a a kind of protest sit-in where they would be like, "Hey, Jack, I'll come on your show." They'll do it and say, "Now don't release it because right. I don't want you to." Right. You know, my mistake was that I sat on it. It was I recorded it like two days before COVID, like before the NBA games got called and oh, all wow. that. So like, like the conversation in the world just changed, and it, you know, so we were just like, "I'm just like, all right, let me just wait to the right time." Well, maybe it's irrelevant now. Oh no. No, it's nope. a, it's an evergreen issue. I, I I don't like I I once was standing on the street in Berkeley. And I was filming. I, had a, I have a GoPro and a gimbal that I would, you know, walk around. This is a really cool thing. Great, great steady shot. And I was talking about what was going on when all of a sudden this woman started just interrupting me because I was saying things like, so I'm here, you know, Berkeley, we just saw a bunch of Trump supporters. And then she started talking and started saying things. And so then I holding the camera, I turned and faced her and she kept going. And then I interviewed her for several minutes. And then she noticed the camera and she kept going and I was like asking her questions and all that stuff. She, she, she said something about like the Trump supporters deserve to get hit because they're coming here and they know what to expect. What? And then I said, so that's kind of like saying the woman deserved it because she was wearing a skimpy outfit. And then she like agreed in some way. The video's up on my channel. And then after I was like, after we finished talking, I walked away. She came up to me and she goes, don't use any of that. And I was like, don't use any of what? And she's like, you were filming me when I was talking. And I was like, yes, I'm standing on a public street. I was talking. You interrupted me. You started saying things. I asked you questions. Now you don't want me to use it. I was like, you interrupted me. And she was like, no, but you can't. And for obvious reasons, she was going to get annihilated. I blurred her face, but I used it. That's her. No. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to destroy someone's life, but that was a compromise that I did not need to make. If you come up to me on the public street and interrupt me while I'm filming, I could just use it, but I wanted to be—I wanted to be nice. I didn't want to create any problems, so I blurred her face and then let it let it ride. In this instance, however, I was like, if someone agreed and said I'm going to come into an interview, and then later was like, please don't publish. You know what? I actually had this happen. I did an interview with a guy who said he was a former Hezbollah, and he—I uh, mean, this was in Sweden. Wow. He, he had scars, and he talked about a lot of crazy things. And then afterwards, it was 
edited and went live and then he asked me to take it down. I said no. And he was like, you don't understand. It's going to put people in danger. I'm like, bro, it's, it's up. It's done. I was like, you did the interview. We, 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 it, we just put it up. It's done. It's over. All right. I'm going to give this some thought. I mean, I, people have gone through my podcast list and there's, I left a gap. It oh, goes number 29 oh, cool. to number 31. Ooh. So I have, it's there. I do have a thought, if I may, before we go to Super Chats, which we are going to do, I think, in a minute. Do it. So, Tell me. Um, I think what, what might happen if you end up not going through with this and, and not putting up this podcast is that people will use it to stall you out. If they don't like you, they're going to be like, I'm going to take this man's time. I'm going to waste his right. time, man. It's like a sit-in. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it. Like, what? what's the point of that? Like, yeah, so I do them all. Tim, Tim, Cass, IRL inspired. I mm-hmm. do them all live on YouTube now. Heck yeah, there man. You go. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Super Chats, man. You yes. know, people do it. I love the Super Chats. That's Me the too. best But when part. you do it live, you get, you know, you yeah, can actual it's, sense it's of amazing. Interaction. I love it. Uh, I'm, I, I, I'm just going to ask this question right now because it. it's right in front of me. <laughs> Jack Coyle says, what is your opinion on the Killdozer incident? Killdozer. You don't know. So cool. You I, guys I, don't remember. I know I the, the term, but I couldn't. I couldn't. <gasps> so some guy, right? Yes. I'm gonna give you the. I barely remember the story. Oh man. Some guy had like his own business. We're gonna Google. I forgot what it was. And then the city says we're gonna start building this thing next to your business, and it shut down the road. He complained, saying like you're destroying my business, and they said screw yourself. And so he built the Killdozer, which was this giant bulldozer armored. And then he started driving around rampaging. I think he destroyed the dude's house with the and, and they were shooting. They couldn't do it. They couldn't penetrate it. They couldn't stop him. And then he ended up getting what's up? He's peeing in the corner. Sorry. The cat. The cat's peeing in the corner. I'm afraid. Ain't no. Throw the Antifa stopping. water bottle. Yeah. Oh, it's a protest. It's an Antifa He's protest on. now. I had to use the Antifa tech. That freaking Antifa cat. <laughs> He oh, just, he just, I can't believe he did that while I was telling the Killdozer story. Faces. It was really oh, intense. Oh, man. Okay. Let's try this again. <laughs> we got to get the spritz bottle. Yeah, we do. I was like, jerk. I don't have a you know, what, he, you know why he's doing it? It's because it's like, getting close to dinner time for yeah, him, he's and he's hungry. pressing his luck. He, he knows that forces us to get up and go after yeah, him. Fuck yeah. are you son of a biscuit. Son of a biscuit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the dude ended up falling into a basement, I guess, and getting trapped. And then I, In I, the Killdozer. Yeah, I think he may have killed himself. Here's a story. Wow. Yeah. Crazy story. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Check it out. Um, Summary. Marvin John Hemeyer mm-hmm. was an American welder and an autom- uh, automobile muffler repair shop owner who demolished numerous buildings of the modified bulldozer in Granby, Colorado on June 4th, 2004. Colorado, man. Yeah. Hemeyer had feuded with Granby town officials, particularly over fines for violating city health ordina- ordinances, when he chose to improperly dump sewage from his business instead of connecting to the city's sewer system. His feud came to a head on June 4th, 2004, over about 18 months Hemeyer hey, uh, secretly, had secretly modified a Komatsu D355A bulldozer by adding layers of steel and concrete intended to serve as armor. He used this to demolish Granby Town Hall, the yep. former mayor's house, and several other buildings. Hemeyer's rampage concluded with his suicide after his bulldozer became trapped in the basement of a hardware store he had been in the process of destroying. So it was a zone, zoning dispute. They say that he purchased two acres of land. The federal agency organized to handle the assets of the failed savings and loan associations for $42,000 to build a muffler shop. He subsequently agreed to sell the land to Cody Docheff uh, to build a concrete batch plant. According to Susan Docheff, Hemeyer changed his mind and increased the price, then a deal uh, with approximately a million dollars. Some believe that this negotiation happened before the rezoning proposal. In 2001, Granby's zoning commission and trustees approved the construction of the concrete plant. Hemeyer unsuccessfully appealed the decision claiming the construction blocked access to his shop. He was subsequently fined $2,500 by the town council and a city judge for various violations. 
including not being hooked up to the sewer line. So it looks like the initial framing was was wrong. He had initially been unable to connect to the, uh, to the new sewer line as the line ran 60 feet away from his property and the city expected him to pay the nearly $80,000 cost of laying the connector. After the concrete plant was built, the city council denied him the easement necessary to join to the new line under underneath. So I recommend took, Count Dankula's video. Oh, he's got a video on it. He a does. mad lad. Killdozer. Oh, man. We were supposed to be doing super anyway, chats. Anyway, yes, that was a strong start. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he went, he went on a rampage because, Dude. well, I think he agreed to something that he took his agreement, reneged on the agreement afterwards, just like uh, your guest. Kind of yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just saying. Why not yeah. to Don't renege. make an agreement and then take it back? The other cat's coming for their <laughs> turn. She's, she's chased him out of here. All right, I'll just read some of these super chats. Let's see, we got uh, David Merwin says, Tim, you rock. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Fractal says, please get Alex Jones on your show. That would be incredible. He's actually been coming up a lot lately. We I'm might. Trying, man. We might. Um, Talk to his producer. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I was like, when I saw, so uh, we had we had Vosh on. I had a bunch of right wing people being like, how dare you? And we got, I think, 15% thumbs down from people because most people who, who watch the show are like, you know chill and willing to hear but some people didn't like it and and i, I respect it. you don't have to like it. it's fine but a lot of people were tweeting at me saying things like how dare you and stuff like that then i so that happened and i don't care but then i saw what was happening with alex jones and i'm like isn't that so funny you know it's like not like we're as big as rogan or anything but rogan gets attacked by the left for for jones and i get flack from the right for vosh and i thought it was hilarious and so i was like bring it on alex come on the show just come on in you're, you're, we're gonna go with it we're gonna go with it and then uh it might actually happen Yes. Sick. I, really I don't know when or, or whatever. It. I hope so. But I'm I'm election night. I'm, I'm down. Sure I wish yeah. that would that would have been busy. awesome. Does, does if he was Alex here. special appearance? Well, well, I already talked. He's to him far away. He's got to do his own show. Yeah, yeah. sorry. That'd be so funny if he just popped in. It'd be really fun. Kiernoff says, "Thanks for the podcast. Would have been great to have Jack Murphy on for yesterday's show." True. Mm. I like Jack. You want to? You yeah. want to? You want to debate an Antifa? Oh, that'd be fun. We should wait. Wait. We we could do it. Let's do it. I mean, Vosh is. Not the colloquial understanding of Antifa. He's you know nice. what I mean? So I don't want to say, you know, he's Antifa. Did he come in with the pink gas mask on? Because that <laughs> yeah. is that is all the, black. Yeah. He had a water bottle and he was lurking around and we were like, Vosh. Come and he was on, like, man. You got me. <laughs> and then, no, no, Slowly he, he, put he the came down. like a normal yeah. guy with normal clothes. He's and awesome. like, I think it's silly how, you know, apprehensive people are about it's like, oh no, he has other opinions. Oh, oh he's like a help. political philosopher that makes he talked about like a child porn and was like, okay, um, people ignore the child slavery in Africa where they're mining rare earth minerals to make our cell phones and stuff. And and he was like, okay, if you're going to turn a blind eye to that, then child porn should be fine. You know, if you're going to exploit children so they, in that venue, well, then I'll, I'll exploit I'll, children in this venue. What's the difference? I'll I'll put it this way. I, I they put up kind a, of poorly. They put up a clip video where he's only saying the last part, like this should be moral and acceptable. And his explanation was he was basically saying the child exploitation of kids in mines is as bad. And, you know, so like, why, why are we OK with reaping the benefits of this? And then all of a sudden these people start sharing the clips and there's no contextual de defense of this. I didn't see the video. I didn't watch his stream. So I'm not saying that to defend right. him. He's I'm like saying a, that's what his explanation was. He's a was. philosopher. He really is. And, and philosophers get a lot. Of, they killed Socrates because he would he would make crazy. I'm sure. That's just what philosophy is. You, look, you look, make look. crazy. Continue. Please. I'm just saying <laughs> yes. the dude has difference of opinions. True. I love I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm more than happy to have people, you know, come here. I and would them. love a chance to have a conversation where the other guy can't leave. Yes. 
Do it. Or hit me yeah. with a brick. Yeah, man. No so I got a bunch of people saying that your mic is bad. Your mic is bad. We, oh, I think we, we got it. it. We oh, did. Good. We got it. Uh, Barney Boyle says, I don't resent Vosh because of different views. I resent that he, as you revealed, lives in an echo chamber and condescends people who are who are better informed than him. But well, a, wasn't it fantastic that we got him out of his echo chamber and had a conversation yeah, with him? And he acknowledged he's in an echo chamber. He's like, I'm in some For far sure. but, circles, and, and, man. And, and, and the truth is, we're in an echo chamber, too, if all of True. our guests are always yeah. of similar That's you know, why way we of thinking. brought him in, man. Hey, I voted for Obama. Whoa, Me whoa, too. Whoa, whoa. But it's like you know, you know, you know. We have a lot of we have a lot of former liberals and we have a lot of conservatives. Yeah. And it's like we all easily get along. The funny thing is, twenty years ago it would have been like, wow, can you believe they're bringing on the left and the right? It's like crossfire. Now it's like we all kind of mostly agree. You know. Yeah. Well, it is the cool kids club. So. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. The coolest kids. <laughs> Out here at the combo castle. That's like right. Video combo castle, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's a requirement. Magic is coming up next. Sure. Oh, yeah. I brought a deck. Is that what you call it? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. You play D&D? Oh, yes. Back in the oh, day. Yeah, Bosch is a DM. Oh, never yeah. mind. I hate D&D. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if Antifa likes it. I know. So, uh, Javi J says, when you move your van down by the river, make sure you start a fishing journal. Mm-hmm. Need to know what and when they are biting. Uh, let's see. Uh, isn't there, isn't there, there's a lesson in that comment, actually. I remember the video that you made when you're like, um, you're, it was down, it was literally down in the forest. You're like, I'm over all this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. If you did actually do do that, you may have an uncontrollable urge to express yourself. It would just be about the environment that you're in. I'd be making a video and I'd be like, everybody today, I was down. You're not going to believe this. This is crazy. There was a fish. Can you believe these fish? And this one fish? Get out of here. And then a beaver shows up. You know the crazy. Well, I once saw beavers in Chicago. It was the craziest thing. I like Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah, no. It's like the, 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 the lakefront is fake. It's fake sand and it's concrete. Yeah. So I was in an area by, by there's like this golf thing and it was concrete and they're just beavers walking along the edge of the concrete. And I was like, what are those beavers doing Whoa. here? I guess they live there. I, I spent know. 20 seconds watching a beaver eat lettuce on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> Dude. It was, love oh, it. It was really good. <laughs> Excellent use of time. <laughs> look, at, look it up. It's, I it's love high it. Quality. I, I'll look it up. Oh, nice. I'll look it up, man. <laughs> can't believe I just admitted that. I'm glad so, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Johan Oldman says, Tim, you should have Vosh on again, but this time with James Lindsay, too. Oh, oh yeah. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or Chris Russo. Is, has James be been up here? Someday. No. But, uh, uh, I mean, man. he's a great guy. Great yeah, guy. Yeah. Did, a, did a spot on my show a while back before the book came out. Not great fair. Guy. Great guy. First of all, not fair. I all right. I've you. had some good guts. <laughs> Brian Barton says, I'm from Eastern PA. We have always been Trump, except Philly. There mm-hmm. is Trump rallies every week on the... Susquehanna Bridge, is that how I pronounce it? In yeah. Lancaster. Yeah. Susquehanna. I'm sorry, Lancaster. Is that Lancaster? Lancaster. There you yeah. go. The, Lancaster. Le- the Lehigh Valley has been and will continue to be a key component to Trump's reelection. It was a key component in 2016. That's why I went there, interviewed people in there. Lehigh Valley. Lehigh Valley, we're counting on you. Get out the boat. This is, this is cool. Big Megatech says, hey, Tim, there's a Flash game called We Are What We Behold. Where you act as the news in a world of circle people and square people. Huh. You play the game by inciting violence between the two factions. You think reality sometimes parodies fiction. Interesting. You sell them the guns and then you... Jack. Sell, you fund the people rebuilding. Acoustic Theory says cop chopters. Cop chopters. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cop chopters. Yes. Thank you for cop that super chopters. chat. Best super chat ever. Cop chopters. Yeah, man. Cop chopters. Cop chopters. Let's get started. Aaron Freeman says, have you seen the Decade of Health video played on Channel 4 in UK? Has Bill Gates' foundation in the credits. Oh, it's the Great Reset Agenda 2030 right here. Oh. Really, really creepy. Interesting. What's no. it called? 
Um, de- decade of health. Cool. I'll look it up. Owl Aquatic says, how often does Jack dye his beard? Never. Why would I dye it like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. When did it become that color? So one night I woke up and boom, it was there. I swear to God, it happened overnight. I see pictures and it's all red and brown, just like the front. One day, bam. Dude, that's epic. But wait, like, doesn't the hair have to, like, go somewhere? And I don't know what happened. It really, it really happened Did you see a ghost? very quickly. <laughs> yes. And, oh, and on the sides, though? It <laughs> hasn't progressed at all. It just stayed just so like this. Cool. Something about the consciousness, like the vibration of what we yep. are. When you're living your honest self, you become, like, really in tune with the matrix, and it's, like, creating it. a physical manifestation of it. Absolutely what Ian said. Yes, exactly. Lemon, Lemon Dropcake says, please invite Laura Loomer. She has been deplatformed more than any of your past guests. Thanks for your video video about her and her campaign. Uh, I'll, 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 this, this is what I said on Twitter. Uh, and, and I'm not saying this to be disrespectful. Relevant to the current conversation. So it's like, there's a ton of people I could invite. Uh, you know, people are mentioning some America First people, like the Gropers and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just saying, you know, the people we invite, like Enrique Tario, was because it just came up in the news. And we're like, we got to get this guy. But that being said, I'm not saying no to these people, definitely. I, I think Laura Loomer is particularly relevant right now. Uh, especially with her campaign, because Donald Trump just voted for her. I mean, that blew my mind. I mean, look, I I met Laura when she had like 1,500 followers, was working for for James uh, up in New York at Project Veritas, and she was itching to get out there and go big and do things. And just four years later, massive, four years later, she's in the situation where she's so punk rock now, like by hijacking the system that she's got actually has Donald Trump li- literally <laughs> voting for her. literally voting for her Amazing. to go to Congress. That is incredible. Well, to be to be fair, we don't know for sure, but straight Republican, right? Exactly. He's not going to vote for the Democrat, and she nope. was the nominee. So there it is. Trump just and if uh, what, what what county is in was was Trump in? What district was that? I don't remember the name I don't, exactly. Uh, it's, but it includes Broward, doesn't it? It's not going. It's not going to go red. Oh, maybe. I don't know about that. Maybe populism. Yeah. Powerful force. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, what is this? Fox Coon says, Tucker just tweeted, damning Hunter Biden documents suddenly vanish. That's what I heard. What is that? I haven't I haven't been able to confirm that, so I didn't say anything. Hold up on your phone. Okay, let me see what I can find. Yeah. Isaac and Berica uh, says, Jack, good to see you on as always. Love what you do. Thank Yesterday's you. live chat was more annoying than the guest. Oh my gosh, as fans, right? we represent the work of the host. I learned more about Vosh from his fans than from Vosh himself. Interesting. 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 Yeah, you do have a real hold sort of community there in the comments man it was so yeah. cool to see vosh's community and your community clashing yeah or like just i love it when melding. they were like he just owned tim on oh, this videos popping up from the left twitter where they're like tim pool destroyed and it's like right. the weird thing about all that is like i'm i'm welcoming these people in i'm not worried <laughs> i i it's like i'm not approaching this like oh no i i've been defeated i'm just like you know, whatever see, like, i'm not smart i liked vosh and now i like tim like I'd see comments oh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> nice. You know, you know, as most people, or most regular people, are just like, oh, I disagree with this guy because uh, people say to, to, to me all the time, they're like, Tim, I really disagree with you, but I, I, I think you do good work. So and, I get you know, that all the time too. So the background on um the Tucker thing is that he did just put a bit out. I don't have a piece of like news for you, oh. but we got a bit from him. And then if you guys want to go look it up, do it. Check it out. I'm really curious. Addicted to drum says interview Gavin McInnes. Tim, let him tell his story. That'd be fun. Maybe. Like, like, like I said, we, we, we try to book uh, the big... So the, many people may have realized we, we have a couple different kinds of shows. When Jack's here, it's kind of we, we hang out and talk. When Seamus is here, we kind of just hang out and talk. Like recurring guests coming and chilling. And then we have like 
stronger interview guests where like you and him talk you and them talk or whoever he or she and i sit i usually sit silent during those well it's kind of just because they get really really serious and really intense you know so like enrique tario you know he starts saying things and it's like okay this is like very very uh, heavy stuff and so we've only done a couple of these but like the goal is o'keefe was a good one yeah james o'keefe man that was that was great he was that was amazing and so, yeah, when we have these, these like, you know, big players who are coming in and they're going to say things that are going to have actual weight on the political world, yeah. you know, then it's like they're very serious. And then we have kind of chill hangout guests who might show up and we just talk and, you know, do whatever. So, you know, we'll see. And here I thought I was the serious one. You are the serious one. <laughs> you are the serious one. There's, oh, here we go. Uh, Take Video says Kyle Kalinske would be a great guest. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Kyle great. would be fantastic. Kyle's a good dude. I love, uh, his tweets are funny, man. I don't know if you saw, like, his tweets during the debates. But I can't remember what he said. It was something about Biden, and then he puts he posted that uh, that um, vaporwave meme and says "stab me in the balls" with a pencil. Oh, <laughs> like that's that's like the debate was awful. Uh, Kyle's a good dude. Jeez. Matt Mitchellick says Tucker Carlson tweeted that a copy of their Hunter Biden documents were mysteriously stolen without a trace yeah, okay. while they were in transit to him across the country. <sighs> what were those? Yeah. It's getting spicy. <laughs> oh yeah. Torin Donowski says I'm in Philly. Get out of my city thing is like being at an Eagles game as an opposing fan. The only response is, F off, I live here. You live in South Jersey. Right. Peak hysterical <laughs> fanboy. With my- that reminds me, are you going to leave the city? Uh, I am definitely leaving the city. I've lived in Washington, D.C. 30 years. I literally built the city, built buildings, built schools, built institutions. My kids were born there, went to school there. My only hometown. The only tattoo I ever considered was a D.C. flag. And now I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Nice. Well, there's... Peace Houses out. around here. Hopefully, All right, let's uh, see. you buy one of them. Undisclosed combo castle location. Correct. Let's do it. Paul V says, Tim, did you see the bill introduced in Scotland that talks about hate speech around the table must be prosecuted? That's pretty crazy. Wait, what? Oh, what? That's creepy. Yeah. Grandpa said a racist thing. Call the police. <laughs> Carlos Cruz says, the problem isn't the attachment of their ego to a certain framework, but instead their attachment of the idea of an ego. XXXYYY says, voting for Trump is akin to me being a huge Marilyn Manson fan in the 90s or 2000s. Listen to Manson's speeches from his concerts. Same energy, same media hatred, moral panic, deplorables in society. The right protested me then. Free speech, left protests me now. That's funny. Marilyn Marilyn Manson Manson fans for Trump. Yep, definitely. He's a big 2A guy. He is. Oh, man, we got to get him on then. I mean, can I come that day? Yeah, of course. All right, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, man. Ashley Fuller says, Tim, what do you think of Trump's executive order creating Schedule F in the accepted service? It really wasn't covered at in the media. I, what is that? Do you know what that is? No. I don't know. Don't know. I am uninformed. Send a link next time. Yeah, man. Come on. Patteris Rex says, Tim, I live outside of Bexar County, and seeing this here so close to me scares me, but all I can do is share the videos and talk to people. And the X in Bexar is silent, so it's pronounced bear. Oh, oh okay. okay. Interesting. Bear County. Thank you for what you do. Uh, that's the James O'Keefe stuff, where the ladies like, I can deliver you votes. Oh, that for... is crazy. Yeah, dude. You did a video on that today, right? Yeah, that yeah. And yesterday, nuts. where she's on the phone and the guy's like, I w- how, how much? And she's like, $55,000. How many votes will you get me? And he's like, I want them all. Top ticket, Hunter. You know, or, or, I'm sorry. I'll t- top ticket, Hagar, Biden. And she's like, 5,000 votes, $55,000. And then later in the video, this is from Veritas, by the way. The guy's like, so so you're getting this like, 55 grand for 5,000 votes. He goes, shh, don't say it. You're making me paranoid. And now she's trying to claim, I was stinging them. Uh-huh. No, you weren't. You got caught. Give me a break. 
Good morning, Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Good morning, Sunday morning, says, I know a Philly cop who, uh, who told me the mayor and police commissioner told him not to arrest looters tonight. Oh, snap. I mean, you know, normally I wouldn't be like, confirmed, Super Chat says it, but I believe it. I <laughs> yeah, do. I mean, they called in the National Guard allegedly yesterday, and they were nowhere to be seen. They were supposed to be on site today. Were the National Guard on the streets in Philly? Good question. Don't know. Why would they not be there? Do you know? Jack Posobiec seems to think that the governor of Pennsylvania has it out for the people and wants to see the destruction. Oh, my Who knows? God. Probably correct. Sung Min Bilergian says, hey, Tim, love the content. Even with Vosh, would you be willing to entertain military veterans like Jocko Willink? Uh, oh, is, it, is it Willink? I love yeah, that Tim, Tim Kennedy, Matt Best, Evan Hafer, or YouTuber Angry Cops could Definitely. give different perspective on events. Well, of course. Jocko. Tim and Jocko But like, cool. oh, my God. These yeah. are people who are largely going to agree with and have a good time with, you know? Definitely. Connor says, I'm 23, mixed race, and voted Trump in 2016. Lots of my friends from similar backgrounds and age, even younger, are also voting Trump. Is this demographic and age range really being taken into account, as I've never been polled? Well, they say young people are all going to be voting for Biden, which is the funniest thing to me. Imagine being a young person and being like, yo, I'm punk rock. Go corporations and political establishment. Yeah. And the old guy. Wow. Who called called Biden the real punk rock? And it was someone I really respected before that. It wasn't Seth MacFarlane or uh, Ricky Gervais, but it was someone like I respect on that level. Do you remember Biden? Biden is not Biden. The real punk. Biden is are the is are the stodgy parents from Footloose who are like finally trying to trying to dance and look cool. Like nah. Uh -uh. I just watched that again the other day with my kids. It holds up. Footloose and the soundtrack is bomb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have to watch it. Kenny Loggins, dude. Kenny Loggins. (laughs) You know he did uh, Top Gun soundtrack too. I did. Yeah, I did know that. Mike Chilson says, Tim. Has Jack heard Biden's corn pop story? I can't of stop course. laughing at it. Thanks for having Jack on again. I really appreciate all of you, uh, all you all do here on YouTube. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Corn, of, course corn pop. I, of course I have, man. I have my people, they rub things and then it floats in the water. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then they sit on my lap and I don't even know who they are. Oh, you got any more kids? Man. Where are the kids? Oh 12 trillion. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did, did you know that 300 billion people have died in the last Oh my months? gosh. All right. All right. Here did. we go. I heard I it. did. Someone right. said, Tim, you, you said Milo was a troublemaker earlier. Mm. I keep hearing people say that, but you can inform me on some specific issues. It doesn't get to me. I'm not saying he he's like breaking all the rules and deserving of being banned. I'm saying he's a mischievous yeah. troll. One of the things he did was he changed his Twitter bio to BuzzFeed reporter right. or whatever. So they right. took his verification badge away. Yeah. And then I guess it was at the, at the White House. I mean, that's a legit move, right? If you're pretending to be somebody else mm-hmm. and you're verified, they're quickly yeah. going to take it away. But wasn't right? it like he went to the White House press corps and he was like, why did they take away my verification badge? Oh, my gosh. He was, he was, he was, a, he was a troublemaker. Yeah. But it's like there's, nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It was just he was a, a troll. You know, like he did violate their terms. He did, I, yeah. As far as I know, so he has account should have been shut down. No, the violation was about like piling people on to make fun of some actress. Oh, right. Yeah. That, that was that, stupid. Uh, girl from mm-hmm. Ghostbusters yeah, or whatever. Leslie something. Yeah. Shift W says, Timcast IRL, would you have Nick Fuentes or Sticks on your IRL podcast? Yes. Here's what I can say about this. Sticks, I know and watch a ton of his videos, so it's really easy for me to be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what we talk about. I don't know enough about Nick. I would say, um, on the surface, I see no reason why not. Yeah, if he's pertinent, man. The, yeah, the, the issue is more so, let me look into Nick and his content. I know a little bit about him, and I've actually had some people hit me up saying... You should talk to him because there's some BS that they pulled to get him banned. Hmm. So, like, we're getting to that point. He just tweeted out that he wants to come on. 
today. Well, we'll uh, we'll check it out. And so I'll I'll say. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah. Who doesn't want to come onto Timcast? I, I would be surprised yeah, anyone man. would. I just here, here's what here's why I say you know uh-huh. I'm not I'm not outright just being like of course of course but we've been trying to book six for a while and I don't want to get to the point where everyone's going to send me a list of like why I have to book that person yeah. like well then book this person then book this person it's like okay you know. uh, that's how what I do somebody right somebody now. reached out to me about Nick though and they said that he got banned because they took a clip out of context to accuse him of something man that's like a whatever. rampant thing that's going right. on that's cool yeah yep I don't like it for anyone yep I'm not a fan of that so. uh yeah, we're we're looking into a bunch of guests, and I'm down to have I'm I'm down to have some like edgy and controversial people. You know what I mean? Like Let's I don't do it. I don't know who's worse than Vladimir Alex Jones Putin. in terms of like uh, Putin. Putin like the most English. shocking to the left or whatever. You know? Hmm. hmm. I don't know. Oh, let's see. What we got here. Uh, Sporkwitch says we're still liberals. The left is not. That's Indeed. true. That is uh-huh. right on. Big facts. <laughs> Now you sound like my 13 year old son. Sorry, I was sounding a little he young did. there. He's like, big facts, Dad. Big facts, come on, man. Big we facts. got some Venezuela information. Oh, snap. Oh, little Bear says Venezuela at its peak was doing between 11 and 12% of the United States' entire oil income. Uh-huh. After years with Chavez, it dropped down to less than 5%. Oh, Oof. wow. Yeah, Chavez nationalized it. Aran- Iran did that, too, which is what caused all that heat. Orias Rafokale says Bucko might be sick. Male cats get bladder issues. He's, a little... He's been to the vet. Yep. And what he does is he comes in when he wants or, or is angry at us because it's like at 10 o'clock we're supposed to give him food uh-huh. and we do the shows late. He came in at 9.43. When I think he, he gets too many really treats. Rude. I think oh. he should take his treats He's spoiled. Away. The time, <laughs> the time <laughs> change is screwing him up. He's very spoiled, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't By the way, guys, don't forget to set your clocks back this weekend. Is that happening? Yeah, it is. Fall back. Wait, when is that happening? This weekend from Saturday to Sunday. Fall back one hour. The don't shortest day of the year, 23-hour day. Oh, I know. Wow. I don't it's, know if I'm supposed to say anything, but uh, my music video is done. Oh, when's it going yeah. live? Uh, I don't know if, we're, if I'm supposed to say anything yet because okay. there's like what, a plan for it. What genre? Alternative rock, I guess. And you are a... Uh, I wrote, sang, and played guitar and oh. the whole song. Dope. I have a feeling yeah. I did a harmony track, but I don't think I made the final cut. It's, really, it it's really good. Sick. I'm not going to pretend like I think... I Personally, it's a song I wrote and... I'm like, oh, I like it. I wrote the song. It's awesome. I don't. Sure. Want to hear, I haven't heard the new. Like, I have nothing. I to haven't say. heard like, the I mixed. Can't version. wait. I did the not know. And we, great we did too. a we did a full animation. It's uh, I've played it on the show live before. Will of the People, mm. and it's basically about the cycle of violence in, in political revolutions that never ends. And so it's uh, it's like 99.9 percent done. Nice. And then Congrats. we're gonna start. You know. Oh yeah, we should look at it after the show. Congrats. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not completely done, so we're gonna get ready for a rollout, and it's gonna, it's gonna, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. There's your next step, dude. Your new career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it gets like 50 billion views, and then I'm just like, wow, I don't gotta do this politics thing anymore, huh? And I just, music's over just here. buy an infinity pool and live and live on top of it. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah. Fish in the infinity. Paxton pool. Johnson says, Tim, please have someone record you skating. Would love some skate footage of you. I was thinking about without that Without you holding the camera and skating at the same time. Last night when you went barefoot. Eh. I was like, oh, that'd be a good video, man. No, just like I, did a, I did a rock to fakey and a fakey tail stall. Yeah, it was just it, like it seven cool year old from stuff. where I was standing. Dude, so, what I there's a lot of stuff I need to do, but you know, like the ramp is new, and I'm trying to get comfortable on it. But it's it's so great. The guys who built it are like some of the best. It's best amazing. Ever. Yeah, we it's just so put good. the couch up in the lounge. Oh, but yeah. so here's what happens. It's it's a it's a mellower transition that I've been skating. So I've been slipping out on my on my foot plants. Like you go up, you grab the board, and then jump. Like you dive back in real fast, and then I'm not anticipating the transition properly. So I've never been big on doing crazy skate videos. I did like a video where I did a tray flip or something, and you know. All right, let's see. What do we got here? Are we just about ready to wrap up? Gotta be. It's time. 
Oh, someone said Chris Chung says just a heads up. New Alex Jones on Rogan is down right now. What is that true? Oh. I don't know if that's true. The files are corrupted and they got lost in transport coming so across the country. What a coincidence. Weird. Yeah. Is it down? I don't know. We're going to look it up. Huh. Yeah, we're going to look it up after the show. All right, let's see. Ken W. says, Yesterday's cast was good. It's nice to hear different views, but I think it went on too long and difficult to pay attention to past the usual two hours. I can see it. Oh, for sure. Just turn it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, think, I think Lydia agrees with you. She was falling asleep at some dying, point. I was dying, man. It was challenging. That was awesome. It was really fun, though. Just turn it off. I want more so. four hours. Yeah. Get yeah. ready. Build that floor right. suit. I want to go late. Well, I think uh, I think we're about we're about it's ten ten. We went a little bit over, so it's fun. We got fun, some fun. super chats in. Uh, Jack, I heard you wrote a book. I wrote a book. Thank you oh, for no. asking me about <laughs> it, Tim. Yeah. I was wondering. Uh, no, Democrats <laughs> are deplorable. Why nine million Obama voters ditch the Democrats and embrace Donald Trump on Amazon? Thank you very much. Great support from you guys out there. There's always a nice big pop after I do the show. Thank you. Heck yeah, man. Uh, I'm really pushing the YouTube channel right now, Jack Murphy Live. I've been putting out videos every week. We've got a good uh, whole new cadre of followers, Gracias of Tim Cast oh, cool. and Lydia. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. When do you put new videos up? Uh, you know, I usually do them at noon i'm doing an interview tomorrow at noon with the author of a book called war for eternity which is a deep discussion about bannon dugan and olavo and traditionalism and its impact on the political sort of sphere of the world should be good and uh there's always a liminal order liminal hyphen order.com all men's organization with the three core values of masculinity brotherhood and sovereignty check it out thank you very much did you mention your twitter twitter at jack murphy Mm -hmm. live i for today had 66.6 thousand Uh followers for all of about five minutes about five minutes so i was pretty happy we moved through that election (laughs) night is going to be amazing indeed we're going to have every tv in the house is going to be on with the results live we're going to have we are we are cooking jill biden's famous chicken parm i love chicken parm and is going to be served at some point when i feel like we've got results we'll see No tears so allowed. December but I think I think twenty four. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's funny though because if Biden wins, then I'm gonna make people eat Joe Biden. You must eat it. And oh, if wow. and if he loses, then we all get to like laugh and eat. You know his wife's face. Make some pizzas. You I, bringing anything? Yeah. I remember I'm, I'm bringing uh, Red Hen. I'm bringing my girlfriend. Heck and yeah. uh, I remember mentioning this to you a couple months ago. I'm like, hey, let's do election night show. You're like, yeah, that's a great idea. And every time I come back, every every other Wednesday, guys, every time I come back, it's like, oh, this person and this person. Now you're like. Catering and cooking. Wow. Catering. Yeah, I, I don't know how many people we're going to have. Maybe like 10 or 15. I hope it's Sweet. not too many. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't ben know. Ben Stewart will be here. Shout out to Ben Stewart. Everybody will be over here fighting over the mics. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Probably and, that. But yeah, so we're going we're gonna to stream and we're going to leave the table open. Nice. Yeah, and chilling. uh chilling hard. But we're gonna we're gonna change it probably to a single wide shot. That's a good idea. Yeah, because we're not gonna have a producer running yeah. unless we have a bunch of those Elgados like no, at, at no. every station. That'd be fun for people. I think it'd just be a wide shot. Yeah. I'll be making chicken parm. You know, and Delicious. because because we want people to be able to, people to be able to see the room too, as yeah. like people are hanging out and watching and like having a beer and like eating pizza or whatever. Reaction so we'll probably shots. have like a cam- camera in the back showing like the three people who are chilling. And then it might be funny. You might see, you know, some prominent personality walk up the stairs and you're like, oh, it's so-and-so. They might tweet, I'm about to go upstairs and go into the studio. And then Jack's like, I got to hit the John so you can take my seat. And and then people just swap out. And we're just going to have the the show on TV. And uh, it'll be a whole lot of surround sounds set up for downstairs probably. I want to get them anyway, but I'd like to get them before. uh, We can't play 
the election stuff on this show. Audio. We can yeah. have the TV in the background and talk about what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a kind of just open live stream of the party. It's crazy that the election. Oh, I guess it's it's private channels, right? Yeah, like yeah. CBS. That's the issue. Or not, yeah. Not CBS, but yeah. Like I mean, that. maybe even C-SPAN, they try and get you. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Okay. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow live <laughs> at 8 p.m. So make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at TimCast. You can check out my other YouTube channels. I post like all day at youtube.com slash timcastnews and youtube.com slash timcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And you can follow Ian, of course. Share this video if you like it and share it if you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, that. yeah that's right. I love it. Yeah, you can follow me anywhere uh, Ian, at Ian Crossland. Look yeah. around Twitter. And you can also follow Sour Patch Sour Lids. Sour Patch Lids, I'm over here. O-I-D-S. That's right. Uh, so smash that like button. Thanks for the super chats. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. as I said. And we'll see you all then. Bye, guys. Thank you.